Hi, and welcome to the Alliance of Survivor Game podcast. I'm Ryan, the host slash game runner of Alliance. Join me as I talk to the second runner-up from Mojo Desert, Muse, about ignoring jury management and not giving confessionals. I'm joined today by the third place finisher in Alliance Mojo Desert, the second runner-up and uh, the first finalist that I get to talk to from this season in this capacity. Uh, as he went by during the season, Muse, hi, how you doing? Hi Ryan, I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm excited to have you here and talk to you about uh, everything that happened from your perspective. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so now you're the you're the first person I get to talk to uh, and do one of these interviews with that did not come from FML. Uh, I would have loved to talk to Gabe, I think. I think that would have been really weird. Um, and and I, it would have been interesting to talk to Jasmine as well, uh, but I didn't. And so I guess... As I guess my first sort of how to how to open this up is like I, I'm I'm guessing that and I think you've even said so at some point uh, that you weren't aware of how tightly knit the vast majority of the people playing on your season were at least at first is that right I was not no okay um yeah I don't know like because you said you found it googling online survivor or survivor orgs or something like that yeah that's correct i i found it um basically by googling survivor orgs and then there there was an fml link that <laughs> popped up um and i clicked on it and yeah that's that's how it started <laughs> humble beginnings yeah. uh, and and you'd done uh, a couple a handful of uh, speeds prior to mojo desert that's correct. Yes, I, I've I mostly played in, well, I played exclusively in speeds, and Mo- Mojo Desert was my first um, actual Survivor Org. Uh, were those all on Discord, as well? Yeah, all on, all on Discord. How how'd you how'd you do in those? Um, I think I was, I was like not um, as successful as some uh, other more proficient players, but I think I did fairly well. Um, for a new player. Okay, that's good. Uh, what what encouraged you or, or led to you, I guess, looking for a more season-length type of org like this one? Um, that's a really good question. I felt like um, as I was playing in these speeds that it kind of got to the point where... Um, it, it 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 didn't feel sort of I guess like at the beginning um, the the novelty of this like trying out this completely um, new and and like different form of um, because I had like never really done anything similar to like Survivor in either like a speed or um, a, a season length form before so when I started trying out speeds. It, it felt like um, 
it, it felt very exciting because it was just completely different than anything I experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, but sort of as I started playing in, in like more and more of these speeds, um, it felt like I wasn't because I knew a little bit about survivors and it felt like I wasn't completely getting um, as as comparable of an experience as I wanted to from speeds alone, which is why I kind of wanted to play in like an, an actual 39 days season length survivor org. How, how familiar of a, or how much of a fan of survivor were you? Are you? I'm actually, um, I haven't really watched that many seasons of survivor. Um, I, re- I really like the show. Um, I'd like to watch more when I, <laughs> if and when I get the time to watch more Survivor. Um, I've seen Philippines and Winners at War, and I think that's it actually. <laughs> okay, all right. Those are those are two good seasons. <laughs> yep, for sure. Um, okay. Uh, well, in- interesting. I, uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with you about. I don't know. I, I've never played a, a speed or a, or a normal one. I've spectated Speed Alliance and, of course, Alliance itself being the person that runs it from predominantly. Um, so I've I've seen both from the outside, uh, and it really it's kind of like it's. I guess I would say like a, a speed and and no offense to people who really love the speeds, but it's kind of like having a, a snack versus having like a full course meal you know oh yes 100 <laughs> yes cannot can, could not agree with you more i mean i i do i do like speeds and um and like both playing and and hosting them but yeah there it's it to compare one to the other it's almost like two different games really yeah honestly absolutely absolutely and and they as similar as they are in in sort of basic structure i think they both rely on very different skill sets yes i mean there's there's obviously like the structure lends itself to some skill overlap but mm-hmm. yeah they're there i would say they're i would agree that they are more different than they are similar okay well uh i think and and i'm, I'm sure i'm sure we'll get into this as we as we dive into you your time during mojo desert but i think there are definitely elements of uh i think there there for anybody who watched mojo desert as it was happening there if you had i don't know that anybody in the viewers lounge knew anything about you really um but i think if they had known that you were coming from some from an, a position of, of having played speeds in the past and that's it i think you could see where that comes into play i think the fact that you know you're going to end up winning the most most challenges in this in this game individually speaking um comes to that like challenges are part of speeds uh and then but then when we get to uh let's say the the final tribal council and and stuff related to that uh the lack of time and and social element that happens in speeds i think also shows itself in in your game in a, in a sense uh for, for better and worse and and perhaps mostly worse unfortunately 
Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the you hit the uh, the nail on the head with the proverbial hammer there because <laughs> if you had to summarize, I guess, my entire season in one sentence, it would basically be the textbook example of what happens when a speed player <laughs> tries an org for the first time. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, all things considered, uh, making it to the end is certainly something to be lauded, and uh, uh, I. I... <laughs> As, as much as we may end up um, criticizing and or laughing at how, how the My game, social ineptitude, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how it ends up for you. Uh, I definitely think there's a lot to, to praise in, in just the fact that you were able to get there, which, you know, 13 people in your season could not. Well, thank you, yeah. Okay, well, I've never really gotten the chance to ask anybody this yet before, but what was it like when you got to join the Marooning channel and meet the rest of the cast that you had never seen before. Oh, gosh. Um, that is a good question. I don't know. I don't know if I sent a single message inside Marooning. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you think, hadn't. I don't think I, because um, I, I don't think I was... I, I, I might have just, like, for as, as crazy as it sounds, I might have just forgotten about um, when the season started. Yeah, I just searched right now, and I, I, I did not send a single <laughs> message inside Marooning. Um, I think I, I, I found the channel after, after it had already been closed, and then I reacted to your final message in there. But that was the extent of my journey in the Marooning channel. Did you did you read through like the small amounts of banter that were happening from everyone else? Yeah, I I did I think read through and um I it's it's hard to say because I don't think I was as committed as I should have been at the start of the season. So like I I probably just like read about it and kind of forgot about it immediately. <laughs> Um, as stupid as that sounds, but yeah. Okay. All right. We can, we can, we can brush past. <laughs> Don't have a ton of memories Marooning. associated with that particular channel, unfortunately. That's okay. Uh, so you, you end up being sorted onto the original Atacama tribe. Uh, you're there with Ari, Chacoplex, FML Cat, Hirsch, Jasmine, Juiceboxer, Laforza, and yourself. Um, you know, there was about a day, day and a half or so before the first immunity challenge uh, kicked into gear. Do you, I don't know, remember any first impressions you had about some of the other members on your tribe? Um, I do, actually. I remember, well, first of all, I remember I was basically a brick on that tribe. I, I <laughs> didn't really DM anybody. Um, and I didn't really get DM'd either, except for two players actually if, if my memory serves me correctly those two players were Ari and Hirsch funny how that works out <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah those are the only two players to DM me and I, I, I didn't I didn't ghost them um, I replied back but I wasn't all that proactive either um, so I think my first impressions of my tribe was that um, art like I felt Ari and Hirsch were approachable and I couldn't work with them and the rest <laughs> Could have just been anybody for all I knew. Yeah. Uh, well, and I guess this also speaks to something else that I think is is going to play a role 
in in your game this season, which is the time zone difference between you and the majority of the cast. Um, because you're on the you're on West Pacific time, is that right? Yes, I'm okay. on Pacific time. So three hours behind me, uh, and I, I don't remember everyone's time zone. Uh, looking at the cast list, but I think I don't know that anyone else was on Pacific time to say the least. I think most of them were on Eastern, uh, and then that doesn't factor in uh, Karstway, who who is in Europe. Right. So there's like an eight-hour time gap between those you two. Uh, and then this is further compounded by Cat, uh, who is on East Coast time, but doesn't really come online until like 2, 3 p.m. in the afternoon Eastern. So most of the things that happened in the game happened in that like three to six hour period uh in the afternoon yes i remember this um yes and that didn't always line up for you uh or jasmine or karstway who the three of you were very <laughs> disparate in terms of time zones which could right. it was kind of kind of a hurdle you had to overcome at times i'm sure yeah um i didn't i, I didn't think i perhaps felt the time zone there was as much um and the embarrassing reason for this is simply because i didn't really talk to as many people as i should have um but yeah i think i I don't know how much it affected my game but i'm sure it was like a factor for other people in the sense of how how much they could interact with me i guess yeah yeah um okay so ari and hirsch your best friends on day one uh first first immunity challenge and now i'm gonna guess that in the however many speeds you played in prior to this having seen speed lions um the challenges and speeds are by necessity very short and quick yes. uh yes. they have to be right yes <laughs> if, if you have a yeah. six hour game of mancala in a speed it's no longer a speed <laughs> not, no so um <laughs> I imagine that it's kind of night and day when you are confronted with a 24-hour radio broadcast with a 50-question or so test uh, to take at the end of it. Yes, that was that was quite an introduction, I think. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I think the my initial reaction when I saw the challenge was okay, nobody is going to do this because it is going to take way too much time. It is going to, it is, it, it is, it is just not worth it. Um, and I kind of like almost, I kind of just accept that I wouldn't, I guess like listen for maybe half an hour, one hour, and then just do the quiz to the best of my ability. Um, and this was of course not at all how 15 other people <laughs> thought about the challenge. So I was very much in the minority there. Uh, I don't think it was quite as, as stark a contrast uh, as 15 and 1. I think there are definitely other people who were not willing to put in much more than an hour of listening to the radio, which is okay. And and that's why it was a tribal challenge and not individual. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, both tribes are eventually going to conf- uh, um, create uh, either a spreadsheet or a Google Doc of some kind. Um I guess, and and eventually probably have almost a near perfect transcription of the six hour broadcast that was repeated three additional times. Did that 
I, I guess as someone whose initial thoughts were, no one's going to listen to any of this, uh, seeing, you know, the rest of your tribe create, you know, specifically like Hirsch, Ari and Kat and, um, I'm, you know, Chocoplex, I, I think are the, at least the ones fresh in my mind that put a, t a lot of time into listening to the radio. Uh, I don't know, just seeing the effort that they were putting in, how did that compare to like the way you were experiencing things? Um, I was, well, I was very grateful for their hard work because um, when it came down to the wire, I, um, I think I told Hirsch and Ari this in DMs, but it took me, I finished the quiz in like the last 20 minutes or something relying basically exclusively on the spreadsheet. And, um, and I think I actually, like, if you look at the results, I think I might've like outperformed like half of the other tribe by, yeah. by some miracle um, yeah. of my tribe's hard work. Um, but <laughs> my tribe's hard work minus myself. Um, but, it, um, yeah, it, it definitely, it was definitely like a bit of a shock to see that people were putting so much time into this. And, um, I was, I actually was kind of worried that, you know, if my tribe was this try hard and then I failed the quiz and we went to tribal council, then I would be like maybe singled out for my lack of effort. Um, but fortunately that did not happen. No, you, you got 65 points, um, which was seventh best on your tribe, but the margin was very relatively negligible. Um, nobody on your tribe got better than a 70, and it's better than six of the people on the Gobi tribe uh, and tied with one other, or better than five of the people on the Gobi tribe tied with uh, a sixth person. So, yeah, those... Uh, <laughs> Those, those notes I, I, did a lot of work. Yeah, I think that tells you all you need to know <laughs> about how, how hard my tribe, again, minus myself, worked on that challenge. Uh, yeah, so uh, Atacama pulls out 533 points, and Gobi only has 518. Your tribe wins immunity, and uh, we, never get to, we never know uh, whether or not you would have been the first boot. Um, Let's be honest, I think I would have. <laughs> Well, I, I think, I, you know, I still have yet to talk to, to Kat, who was on this tribe initially, but um, my impression is that it would have been between you and Juiceboxer, and it would have probably depended on how carefully people were scrutinizing the points that everyone got, the scores that everyone got. Um, that 55 would have been a pretty glaring red mark against Juiceboxer, so... Were the scores made public or? Uh, they weren't. So, but you could, which, and, and every time I say that, I was like, well, why wouldn't I have just made them public? I should have. But it was set up so that if you wanted to know your individual score, you could ask privately. Um, and I think, I think it was uh, LaForza that I was talking, or Ari maybe, that I was talking to. And they said, well, we won. So I didn't really care what everyone else's scores were. Um, but if you had lost, I think that, becomes probably a more important element and maybe there's a little more like people can can uh conspiring and confiding in each other like what they got and if you get enough scores you can probably suss out you know who who's hiding their score because it's not so great maybe, right yeah. maybe would have uh, been interesting to see yeah uh so now uh, all these people over on gobi go to tribal council and I mean, you have zero connection to any of them. 
<laughs> so <laughs> no <Nope>, zero. <laughs> uh, Captain Kenway gets voted out there, and um, well, I guess really could have been anybody for all, for all you knew, I suppose. Sorry, mm-hmm. I keep I keep making those jokes, and it's all it's all in good fun. I promise. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it it is the truth after all. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, okay, so one immunity challenge down. Um, you are comparatively, uh, I guess, not not part of the the like. I don't know. Would you describe yourself? Would it be fair to characterize you as not being part of the cool kids table in your own tribe at this point? One hundred, one thousand percent. Okay. Um, so we get to, uh, so we get to the first reward challenge, which is three individual mini challenges, and uh, that all we all we said was that. Um, each tribe had to put at least one person on each of the three games, and after that, it didn't really matter. I think we also provided a little bit of like scheduling information for people who weren't going to be around the whole day. And uh, you end up being part of the Outwit game, which was Survivor Apples. Apples to Apples, Evil Apples, uh, Cards Against Humanity type of thing. And, uh, well, it didn't go so great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't think I I don't think I got a single point in that challenge, did I? No, you did not. <laughs> um yeah, there were so there were how many of you? Like six, seven, I think seven people who played this and we had 10 prompts. Um and uh everyone just had to, you know, fill in an answer and then everyone would vote on their favorite answer. They could not vote for them their sel- themselves. Whoever got the most votes for each question got a point. If there were a tie, we split the points as, as needed. Um, and uh, you, you're the only person that got uh, a zero. What an honor. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, <laughs> I don't know. Have you had you played, like, Apples to Apples, Cards Against Humanity stuff before? Um, I have, but not too frequently, I would say. You wouldn't list it as a, as a skill that you were that you had or, or were good at no not not in a million years <laughs> um yeah this is i mean i'm already fascinated at how how poorly you start out as a challenge competitor um, <laughs> as, and go on to be the person to win the most individual challenges this season yeah so uh, much for all that speed experience right <laughs> yeah uh so so uh the the un the fine print here is that the winner of each of these three games would get a reward. Nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew how it worked. And surprise, it's a swap. So maybe, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like it's a, probably a better thing that you didn't win the game? I think, I think the way it worked out and the way the tribe swapped, um, I can fairly confidently say that if, if like maybe even one one little thing was different about how that swap worked and um, my swaps a hard how my swap my post swap tribe the Sahara tribe turned out um, in terms of composition, I think I would not have made I, I would not have become a finalist. I think I would have been pre jury. Um, so I think I'm 
like more than happy with how the swap worked out, and I, I would even say I, like the swap saved my season. Uh, that's very, very possible. Um, so, uh, Karstaway wins uh, Survivor Apples that you were playing. Lurker and Chocoplex won the other two challenges, uh, and they become the three captains of new tribes. Your new tribe ends up being Chocoplex, On the Last Castle, FML Cat, Steve, and yourself. And I'm, I believe, yes, it looks like you. I think Steve had the option to pick between you and Jasmine, and ultimately, and picked you. Either that or Sahar Tribe was you were the last one left over. I don't remember the exact drafting order, um, but uh, new tribe. Um, you have original Atacama number numbers, except it's with two people that. Uh, you had never talked to i'm guessing <laughs> no uh, so never. i don't know what's what are your impressions thoughts about new tribe new tribe dynamic new people you get to meet so my first impression was what the heck happened to my dms with hershinari <laughs> because um it took me a while to figure out that we had actually swapped because I, I i thought it was um oh like somebody's getting a reward um I don't, I don't have to worry too much. And so I was actually, I had no, I, I the, the swap definitely caught me completely by surprise. Um, and then after I saw who was on my new tribe, um, I had to actually go back and figure out who was on Atacama that I was swapped with and who was on Gobi. Um, so I was very relieved to discover that with Cat and Chocoplex, we still had an Atacama majority. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was probably my series of first reactions and then the next step that kicked in was that okay like i know okay this is a five person tribe like it's not an eight person tribe anymore um it's much harder to hide on a five person tribe than an eight person tribe and so this is when i started um reaching out and getting more um involved in like that's the social game basically in, in dming my tribe mates mm-hmm. yeah i it was interesting when I was talking to, to Chocoplex to kind of try and track the progression of the to-be-named secret trio and yes. kind of pick up where those bonds formed and, and when, you know, it really became a trio in and of itself. Um, so I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess curious to see, like, what your interpretation of that is. Uh, I, I don't think it's yet. Uh, I think we have at least a at least a vote to go before that is what it feel it for feels like a, a real trio. I'm I assume. Yes. Well, it it took a while. It wasn't it wasn't immediate. Like uh, like the three of us just kind of gelled and then took over Sahara tribe and then took over the merge. It, it wasn't like that at all. No. Um, but yes. Okay. Um, all right. So new tribe, new three tribes, three tribes of five. Uh, Yellow Sahara Tribe and uh, first immunity challenge as a new tribe. This is a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, are you? Do you do jigsaw puzzles? Have you done jigsaw puzzles? Fan of them? Not like them? Um, I think I've done like a maybe a couple of jigsaw puzzles for for speeds actually, <laughs> but um, no, I would not say I'm like a huge jigsaw puzzle person or enthusiast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so this. Uh, so this puzzle um, 
kind of like a sort of desert landscapey thing. A lot of oranges and blues and purples. Uh, 600 pieces to this puzzle in total. And uh, I believe, I'm trying to remember, I believe everyone was able to be on voice channel for this within their tribes. Uh, I think this is where we first heard your voice. I think it's where we first heard Kat's voice and maybe others, I'm not sure. But uh, the, the big story here is going to be uh, technical difficulties for your tribe. Yes, I remember this quite well. Um, I think Kat had trouble getting on. Jasmine as well, maybe? Or not, uh, sorry, not Jasmine. Um, Steve. Yes, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, yeah, Kat, I believe, like, it, the, the site wouldn't work in her browser. Um, and it, you know, we, we were trying to help her download a new browser. Uh, I don't know if it was the first one we tried or the second one we tried, got it to work. Eventually overcame that obstacle. Uh, I don't remember what specifically went wrong for Steve. I, I'm showing on the, the, the scoreboard only shows him getting two points. And then I think whatever went wrong, he couldn't fix or chose not to fix. I don't remember, but, uh, he was out of it pretty much for the entire challenge. And then the other part of this is that because Cat didn't work, I tried to get everyone to stop working on the puzzle and so that we could assess the, like, fix what was wrong with her and so we could somewhat more accurately establish how long it took um, you guys to do the puzzle. And that didn't really pan out so great. Uh, but it, <laughs> Ch Chocoplex, I believe, did stop for a period of time, but then went back to work eventually we did fix cat so she did get to do it um you and castle i believe worked the whole way through uh technical difficulties and all and so uh all said it ends up with we end up like knocking i think 15 minutes off of your time with all the difficulties you had and uh it isn't enough for you to overcome the speed of the Atacama or Gobi tribes who both did it in a little under an hour and a half and with the time knocked off it took Sahara about an hour and 41 minutes so uh, again so what's that 0 for 3 now we are at <laughs> not good yes <laughs> well yeah I think um, in my tribe I did decently well mm -hmm. um, but the fact that I mean, it's it's really not terribly easy to compare like my performance on this challenge with my trimates because of the, tef the technical difficulties. Right. Um, and I guess like the only person who had equal working conditions as myself, Castle, got a significantly higher number of pieces, I believe, mm -hmm. than I did. And so, yeah, over over three is a pretty accurate way to describe <laughs> this challenge for me. Um. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so the other part of this was that the individual who got the most points or most pieces placed within the puzzle would get a mini miniature reward, uh, to be revealed at the time of the end of the challenge. So that was, that ends up being castle for your side, uh, Nux and Ari are the winners for their respective tribes. And that reward is exclusive access to an updated version of the radio that, uh, having talked to everybody that won this, uh, I don't know that, uh, I think everyone squandered this, re <laughs> this reward <laughs> oh, to no. be honest. Um, 
I'm not sure Castle will really even listen to it that at all. Uh, I think Ari did, and I think Nux did, but neither of them really picked up on the changes that were made. So, um, and then after the 14 hours passed, everyone was able to listen to the radio again, and that was pretty much true throughout the rest of the season. But uh, that does mean that you're going to your first tribal council of the season. How how did you uh, approach this, and if if at all, or or was this a decision made by somebody else, or I don't know what you remember. Um, I think, well, so this is this is really where um my speed experience kind of kicked into autopilot. Um, basically, we are taught or I we learned from experience and speeds that if you are swapped, um strategically like it's always it's almost always a good idea to stick strong with your tribe especially if you are in a majority and so i was pretty um intent on making sure that at least chocoplex and cat and i stuck together um and so in, almost immediately after the challenge ended i think the first i i, I don't know um if i'm remembering this uh 100 accurately but i think the first two people i dm'd were Cat and Chocoplex. And I kind of immediately wanted to let them know that I was on their on their side and that I would vote with them and try try to keep the three of us together. Do you was there much consideration, if you can remember, between Castle and Steve? I believe Steve asked us to vote him out. Um Yeah. Which was which was a nice um, it was nice for the rest of us because um, because it meant it was just kind of like a free vote for us, right? But yeah, yeah. Uh, he he seemed, if I remember, uh, pretty resigned uh, to being the person to be voted out. Um, I don't know if that's exactly. I, I I I'm guessing that that's probably what was going to happen, even if he hadn't offered himself up but uh right because chocoplex had that connection with castle right yeah so probably probably doesn't really change anything but uh it did other than the kind of optics of how how this vote went i guess as a viewer so i mean it, it could have been a lot more dangerous because if <clears throat> since choco and castle had that connection if gobi wanted to stick together and try to pull in choco then i i don't know like history might have been very different it's true it's true uh chocoplex had a had a very he was potentially going to be the in the the swing boat position and and really could have gone in either direction so but but steve's steve's decision uh rendered that null and void as it were um i guess the other thing about this is and uh you are probably going to be one of the people this season that ends up one of the you and you and and i guess i would probably say lurker are the two people who are going to be the most quiet during tribal councils this season of the people who are online when they happen at least uh i you i was reminded um of uh who was it somebody in summit reminded me of you uh, and, and how they performed at Tribal Council. And now I don't remember who it was. Um, 
and maybe I'm completely misremembering what you would say in tribal council, but I seem to recall that you would kind of, you would answer a couple of questions and basically give the most like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say vague or, or, or even fake, but like the most calculated like responses that would, that were <laughs> obviously intended to like avoid like saying anything wrong about anybody else or, or anything like that. Does that sound right? I think that's fairly accurate. I think um, like live tribals was like one of the other adjustments I had to make over the course of the season um, from playing speeds and the adjustment, if I, as I recall, really did not go terribly well for me. Um, but yeah, my, I think, um, my, my game plan for tribals this season was that before every tribal, I knew what I was going to do. And I've, I, I hoped that, um, well, I, I had, I had an idea of what other people were going to do. And sort of what I tried to do was like, try to just like, I tried to finesse an outcome that would be favorable, favorable to my position in the game before tribal. And so after I had like talked to all the right people and convinced or made sure that all the people were doing things I wanted to them to do, um, then live tribal came along. And what I wanted to make sure was basically just damage control. Like I didn't want any blow ups. I didn't want, um, I didn't want anything that anybody said at tribal council to change the game plan that I had already established and committed to before the trial. Right. I want to, and so to that end, <laughs> my answers were, as you said, kind of obviously fake and deflecting and perhaps not at all genuine. Uh, I want to, I want to read two of your answers you gave in this tribal council, um, because I think they yes, kind of illustrate, they get across the point. Uh, so uh, I asked everybody, if everyone on the tribe had been helping, if you had been communicating, communication kind of comes up in almost every single tribal council before the merge. And your answer was, I think we all did really well on that last challenge and helped a lot. I really like this tribe and I would give anything not to be sitting in front of you right now, Jeff. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, says everything he needs to say. And then the, the next one, which is the next answer you gave, um, I had asked, you know, how do how do you decide who goes home tonight? And Chocoplex said, keep the tribe strong. And Steve said, you know, you got to figure out who weighs the team down. And your answer was, Choco and Steve stole the words right from my mouth. On one hand, the tribe needs to keep strong. On the other hand, I wouldn't say that anyone is especially weak or dragging down the rest of the tribe. So non-committal <laughs> is a way I would describe a lot of these answers you gave. Um, and, uh, I don't know. There's always a couple of people like that every season and that's fine. <laughs> that's how it works. That's part of tribal council, I guess. Yeah. Probably didn't make your job <laughs> the easiest job. Um, yeah, kind of unfortunate that I was not more active and, um, or I guess proactive in my answers to your, your very, very well constructed and probing questions. No, that's okay. I mean, I hear all the time that, you know, on the show, Jeff Probst is he's not your ally. He is he is an obstacle in the game. And uh I think that is always never more true than it 
tribal council and if you can if you can get through tribal councils giving out giving answers that are that that are you know non-committal and without giving out specific details or giving away anything about your own game uh you're doing okay uh uh that's probably not the most entertaining no for the viewers but <laughs> sure yeah. certainly not and uh it, it's it's far more it's a much in my opinion stepping outside of you know someone who runs an org it's far more effective as a strategy before the jury phase starts and then when the jury does start i think it has diminished returns in that it continuously withholds information that they're going to need and therefore do not do not get um which definitely I think, is something I think, that happens yeah, here I, Yes, I, I agree. It, it, it definitely was, I think, an, it, it definitely impacted how the jury viewed the game. Yeah. Okay, uh, so your first trip to Tribal Council, four votes against Steve. Steve votes for Cat. Steve is eliminated, and um, everything for the moment is fine. And then we have the next immunity challenge, which is Greed. Um, <laughs> yes, the the famous or the infamous, as I should say, conch gate, right? Yeah, uh, pretty straightforward. Everyone shows up, immunity necklace in the center. Someone can grab it; they'll be immune, but they will send their tribe to tribal council. If nobody grabs it after a minute has passed, everybody, all fourteen players still in the game, will go to tribal council and vote one person out uh, together. So. <laughs> Um, I don't know, like seeing, uh, I guess, did, did you, were you there to read the, the, the challenge and I guess, I guess first thing is wh at what point did you see the rules of the challenge? I don't know if you were like on top of it the whole way or if you were coming to it late or, or anything like that. Um, I don't exactly remember the timing in my, my, what I did that day, but I, I do think I had plenty of time to read through the challenge and um, and sort of like formulate a strategy. Mm -hmm. And this is this is this was an interesting this was a very interesting challenge for me because um, being one of the challenges that doesn't take a lot of time, it actually shows up a lot in in speeds. Mm -hmm. So I had quite a bit of experience with this challenge before, and my experience basically informed me that. Um, the, the number one rule was don't grab the necklace <laughs> because um, don't want to you really don't want to be seen as that player who is you know all out for themselves and who wants to protect themselves even at the cost of working with other players namely their tribe and um, there's a saying that sort of taking greed is basically like a one-way ticket to the jury because you get that immunity it increases your chances of making merch but no one's going to want to work with you after merge because you're going to be carrying that reputation of the person who stole the necklace. Mm -hmm. And so coming into this challenge, especially since I knew we were already, mm -hmm. um, I guess, in some sense, like down a man compared to the other tribes. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I knew that we didn't want, I, I really didn't want to make my tribe any weaker than it already was. And I also didn't want to ruin my own reputation this early in the game. 
Um, so that was my mindset coming into the challenge. And obviously that was not the outcome that actually occurred. No. Uh, so when I posted the rules for this challenge, um, I, I made sure everyone could uh, be online at the same time or, or everyone was at least going to try to be online at the same time. I tagged everybody at 7.45 p.m. Eastern. And then <clears throat> about 20 minutes later, 22 minutes later, I opened up the challenge channel for people to talk. They would have five minutes. And up until that point, I believe your DMs were locked down and camp channels were locked down. So you couldn't talk to anybody else until then. And so I opened up the challenge channel and, you know, everybody's nice. Cat, uh, first one in, says hi. Hirsch, hello. <laughs> um, Lurker probably had something, co had this copy and pasted. So... <laughs> <laughs> like sends like four sentences and then castle fourth message in says hello i am seizing the conch uh so <laughs> uh for most people who see that sentence um i don't know like it's a it's a literary reference that like i even struggle to remember the name of the book all the time and as someone who wasn't in like the the like the nitty gritty of the season. I don't know how I would have reacted to a message like that. And um, I don't know. It, it just kind of gets passed over by everyone else. Nobody really refers to it. Then he says again, that's all. I think all. Angel Cake might have caught it. And he, I think Angel Cake <laughs> said, said like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was directly referring to Castle or... Man, I should have asked him about that. But maybe it was. Could have been. Could have been. Um castle later then says like a couple seconds later i just own this own this conch now um hirsch says if you grab that idol you're putting a target on your back for the rest of the game 100 percent true yeah uh, I, I could not agree with i in that moment i could not have agreed with him more yeah so but now in that moment you've already seen the messages from castle so Walk me through like your thought process and how it eventually gets to you saying like, all right, as soon as it's open, I'm grabbing it. So I see that message and my heart immediately drops because um, I would say out of the four people on my tribe, um, see, I, like I wasn't really aware of the the castle and Chocoplex connection. So from my perspective, it was just the three of us against the three OG Atacama against Castle, the only OG Gobi. And for that reason, um, I realized that Castle had the most uh, most to gain from grabbing this immunity necklace compared to the rest of us. Mm. And so when I saw that my initial reaction was, oh no, oh god, it's happening. <laughs> um, um, because, yes, because... Um, Obviously, the scenarios just started running through my head at that point. That if if Castle grabs the conch, then the three of us would obviously be forced to turn against each other. And you know, how close are Cat and Choco? How close are either of them with Castle? Like I didn't. This was not information that I had um, at the time. So then, that kind of almost immediately put me into panic mode. Like, what do I do about this situation? And I think I was I, I sort of followed along the chat. Um, for a for a while, um, but I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to like further escalate the situation. 
I didn't really want to. Uh, <laughs> I like. I think at at some point, like Cat asks us, asks Sahara for our thoughts, and I just kind of like to like, okay, like I, this is. I'm not. Um, I need, I really need to think about this. I need I need to take some time to process and figure out what are my options here, and what is sort of what is damage control for me. What is the path the path of least regret? Um, and eventually, I come to the conclusion that. Um, Castle having sent that message, and as I'm following along, he doesn't really ever like retract or say like "haha, like just kidding" or anything like that. And so at that point, I'm like, okay, there's a there's a serious risk that Castle is going to immediately snatch the necklace when the window opens up. And so, is that a risk that I can afford to uh, permit, or like if he? Or how screwed am I if Castle grabs a necklace? And my conclusion ultimately is that if Castle grabs a necklace, I'm probably kind of screwed because I didn't really have like that connection with either Cat or Chocoplex before we swapped. Um, and so the implication of that was that Castle cannot be allowed to grab that necklace. And so I think at about like one or two minutes before the window opens up, because we had like five minutes, right? So. Mm-hmm. At, at like um, with one or two minutes left, I had kind of resolved to grab the necklace. And at this point, after after I do that, then the question is, should I inform sort of Count Chocoplex that I, yes, I was grabbing the necklace? And I can't do that because if I, there's we we can't DM each other, and the only way I could have told them is um, in the the strategy discussion channel itself, where which, which was public, and. <laughs> If Castle saw that, um, it, it would not. It would obviously not be very conducive to my plan of snatching the necklace before Castle. <laughs> no. So, so I kind of just shut up and just sat there, and I had um, grabbed, like, typed out in another channel, like, copy and pasted it, and I was planning that as soon as the window opened up, I would, you know, command P, enter, and just try to hit it as quickly as possible. Um, and I think to some that that is essentially what ended up transpiring, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, I say go, and I think I looked at the timestamps uh, on like Snowflake or whatever, and it was like one and a half to two seconds after that you grab it, and then Ari goes whoa, <laughs> <laughs> and then Cat tries to grab it after you. Uh, so I I'm curious. I don't know if. I'd have to look to see how much time transpired between your grab and her grab to know if um, she grabbed it because you grabbed it or had been planning to grab it herself. I don't know. Uh, I believe she told me later in DMs that um, like I was I was I was exactly right. Like grabbing it was exactly the right choice, and she was trying to grab it herself as well. Okay. Uh, so then we get like everyone who isn't on your tribe like thanking you for taking the necklace and. <laughs> Like, oh, that was easy. Oh, what did we even come up here, show, show up here for? Uh, so on and so forth. And then you at Chocoplex and Cat to tell them in front of everybody that you couldn't let Castle get the idol. What What's the thinking behind that message? I think if you read through sort of the, the other messages that I sent in that channel, um, I was quite touchy. I was quite stressed out. Um, I, I was perhaps not in the right mindset because... <laughs> I had just broken my number one rule <laughs> from the only the only source of experience that would help me through this season, 
And so I was I was kind of a, in a, like a bit of a mess right now or or at that time. And I kind of just wanted to um, to let Kat and Chaco know that, like, no, I am not. I'm still like, don't worry, I'm not trying to blindside you. Like, I, I kind of wanted them to 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 know that um, I had no ill intent towards them because I wanted to stick with them and vote out Castle. Mm-hmm. And for all I knew, they could have this 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 was completely out of the blue for them. Like they wouldn't have expected me to grab the idol. I didn't, you know, give any signals beforehand that I was planning on grabbing it. And so I, I kind of wanted um again, it was like sort of like damage controls kicking in. I knew we were going to tribal, there was nothing I could do about that. Um not anymore. Um and so I just wanted to get the outcome I wanted from that tribal, which is staying Atacama strong. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh yeah, looking. I'm reading through like the last few messages in that channel. Um, you're like, I know I'm gonna get heat for this later. Got to take one for the se- for the team. Then there's like six people in a row who ping the Sahara tribe role. <laughs> um, yes. Good luck at tribal. Don't be too nervous. My prayers are with you. Uh, and you just <laughs> and the last thing before I close the channel is you saying, please stop pinging us. Thanks. And I can really, I can feel the, um, the Very passive aggression. There. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, well, all right. So, so you're immune, uh, which is a good thing, but your tribe's going to tribal council. Uh, was there any point, um, so like there's about, uh, I don't know, at least uh, roughly a day that trans that passed between the, this happening in tribal council, which is a lot of time, did it ever feel like uh, there was resistance toward voting out Castle? Um, I think it was a fairly smooth tribal, as far as like the strategic maneuvering um, or <laughs> scrambling, I should say, um, because Cat kind of was on the same page as me immediately that like Castle seemed like he wanted to grab the conch and like she was down with voting on castle um from the beginning i think chocoplex was a lot more hesitant than cat probably because of that connection Mm -hmm. but i think he did come around eventually and then with castle i kind of just um i kind of just tried to lie to him as much as possible (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because yeah i i kind of wanted like like it probably was not a blindside in the end but I kind of wanted to at least keep him guessing um, if that was possible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, he, I think he had said to me that he felt um, he didn't, he didn't see any, any sort of way out of the issue. Uh, and um, what was more, most interesting perhaps was the erroneous thought process uh, behind and I believe this was a conversation that happened in, in Chocoplex and Castle's DMs where they had talked about like, well, what if we vote for Cat and then you end up with a 2-2 split? And then if the tie is between Cat and Castle, then it's deadlocked and then they draw rocks. And the only person who could draw rocks is Chocoplex. Chocoplex. But yes. that's not how it would work if that had happened because 
if rocks would do or if you if we have a deadlock tie and there's only one person available that would be able to draw the rocks then we don't draw rocks because that's happened in the, that's how the first rock draw happened in the show and that's not exactly fair um so it would have been some sort of fire making type tiebreaker and i don't know if it would at least given how early it was in the season i don't know if it would have uh transpired exactly the way it, it did ended up uh working in dark forest but um yeah that was a misconception that a handful of people uh had uh, based on this tribal council i don't know if that affects the result i don't know how you know if the the truth of the the matter affects the outcome here at all but um i certainly am not going to step in and tell them how it really works if they're not going to ask me so right yeah that was that was i think a a lesson that i gradually learned as i progressed in the season that sort of if i wanted to know information about the game actually all i needed to do was just ask in my confessional channel <laughs> and a lot of the times you would just tell me um stuff that was not at all immediate or obvious from what you told what what you were saying in public yeah tried to tried to tried to work on that <laughs> try to get better with that each season i thought it was good i felt it added sort of like this additional layer of like if you were extra committed to the game then you would sort of be rewarded for that level of commitment for sure i think you know especially like looking at greed i think there was a a couple of people asked me like so does this mean each tribe goes to tribal council or do all the tribes go at once and vote one person out do we vote three people out and like i remember answering that question a couple of times um and I'm sure many other things. I know Kat notoriously asks me asked me a lot of questions about almost every challenge, uh, which was fine and um, just made me that it 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 ultimately made me that much more focused to try to make every subsequent challenge, you know, as airtight as possible. And uh, that never really happened. So. <laughs> Uh, all right, so go to tribal council. Castle's voted out three to one. He throws his vote on Cat, and um, we are down to thirteen people left in the season. And the Sahara tribe is down to three people. The the cursed Sahara tribe. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah the the secret trio. How is is this? I don't know. Where where are you at as far as a trio at this point? At this point, I, I still don't think we are very much... I, I would not say that we are in any sense united um, or allied with one another. I think um, I think I would say at this point I was definitely... Well, actually, I'm not, I'm not sure. Actually, I, maybe I would rather say, like, like, instead of saying I was closer to either Choco or Kat, I would say I'm just, I, I just wasn't very close with either of them at this point because um i didn't like we just really didn't have that anything to really jump start that kind of connection but yeah so i i would say at this point the sahara trio was still not a trio okay and how concerned are you about the decision you made to to take the necklace and then that being I guess, kind of looming over you for the rest of the season? Um, 
I think I was fairly concerned, but I was also a little surprised at how easily Kat in particular seemed to for sort of like forgive me for taking that necklace. Um, I had anticipated that maybe if we had gone to tribal again, then the two of them might have just gotten together and voted me up because I took the necklace and like sort of I'm the reason why we're going to tribal as a tribe of three like this early in the game. Um, but yeah, I was, I was kind of like trying to, I mean, like it's, it's a three person tribe. There's only so much you can do. I was just trying to get in the good graces of both Kat and Choco. Gotcha. Well, uh, fortunately you don't end up going back to tribal council as a trio. Um, so, so we get the next immunity challenge, which is the inverse blindfold challenge with the emoji descriptions and uh so your tribe had three people the other tribes got to sit two people out and then one person was the speaker two people sent emojis to that person to get them to say various phrases like wild goose chase and playing with fire uh and so on and so forth there were 26 phrases in all and how if you could get all of them the faster you did it the better and if you couldn't however many you got was your score after an hour that was the maximum amount of time it could take each tribe got to determine when they wanted to run the challenge uh within that day gobi ended up going first uh each tribe also got an hour ahead of the challenge starting to like practice and, and you know test their voice channels out and make sure everything worked and, and that they had the right person calling and all that kind of stuff so uh this ends up being um one of the most memorable parts of of alliance really period uh ever what uh talk me talk me through it from from your perspective and and as a person who was feeding cat all these emojis right so coming into this challenge you know we're a three-person tribe at like final 13, like this is not at all how I thought my season would be going. Um, and for me, this was a must win challenge um, because even though I was like not over, I was not like, I didn't feel like I was on the outs, but I knew for sure that, you know, it'd be very dangerous going to tribal as a three person tribe, um, just purely from like a numbers point. Each of us has a one in three chance of being voted out. And that's pretty, pretty big chance for final 13. Um, so for me, this was a must-win challenge, and like sort of my gut reaction was like, okay, like this is, this feels like almost like a kind of like a speed challenge. Like there's a, there's going to be some strategy involved in here, some mental calculus that needs to be done, and I kind of wanted actually to take the lead on this challenge. Um, but then, um, so then we, so those were I guess my are my thoughts uh, before going into that one-hour planning period. Mm-hmm. And so then the three of us hop on a VC and pretty much the first thing Kat says is, all right, so here's the deal. I have to be the speaker. This has to be done. That has to be done. <laughs> Otherwise, we will not win this challenge. <laughs> and I was kind of like, you know, I, I like Kat. I thought she was a good person. I was, but I, I just didn't, I was, I was very, um, I kind of doubted whether she would be the right person to lead this challenge. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I kind of like some part of me wanted to say like here I think we should do it my way instead and like I had probably like some something that I want some plan that I wanted to lay out 
Um, but but the other part of me was like, okay, like you you want to win, right? Like you have to win this. Um, if Kat says she cannot do this such and such and she cannot, she can only do, she can only perform in this capacity, then that has to happen. It has to be you have to do, uh, you you you. Uh, you have to do anything in your power to make sure that your tribe wins this challenge. And so um, that's sort of like the moment when I sort of like let Kat take over and Kat sort of became the speaker. And as a speaker, she basically told us um, what signals we should send to her um, to aid her or to, to help her best guess the clues. Mm-hmm. That, um, that was yes. a pretty, pretty long um, cause you know, like you're the, your tribe went last. So we got to see Gobi who after an hour, mostly spent that time determining that, uh, Lurker was not the right person to, to be the speaker and it should be Nux and <laughs> not really setting up a, a, a strategy or, uh, like a, a code or any kind of that thing like that. Then we got Atacama who definitely did like Ari was the speaker I believe from the beginning, maybe LaForza temp- t- tested it out a little bit, but they figured it out early on. They had a bit of a plan. They knew, you know, number of words or, um, you know, big words, small words, things like that. Uh, but then when you guys started practicing and working it out and like Kat was like, all right, do this, do this, do this. I need this. Like, that's not what that means. That means this. And this means that. Right. All that kind of stuff. It was, you know, it, it took whatever amount of planning Atacama had been doing to like the 10th degree, (laughs) relatively speaking. And it was really concerning. It felt like way too much over planning. It felt like not, you know, I don't know. It just, it, it seemed like a really bad approach from the outside. Did it feel like that as it was happening? It's um it's funny how you say that because from the inside it actually felt kind of relieving that Kat was telling us exactly what she wanted from us because in my view the speaker had to lead the challenge mm-hmm. um because the speaker was where this challenge comes together um and we have to communicate to the speaker and it it is sort of our as sort of like the signalers it is our um it is our responsibility to make sure that the speaker is accurately understanding what we're telling her. Um, and so the fact that the speaker was kind of telling us exactly what to send to her to help her understand, that kind of made our job that much easier because we knew sort of what we had to do or like both, it's like communication is, is a two-way street and both sides are now on the same page because the speaker is basically ordering us to do this, do that, do that exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like, because I think there might be even this, like, correlation, like, Gobi seems to have planned the least, and, um, that's sort of in, um, that's, I guess, almost how the challenge kind of played out, right? In yeah, terms of true. how the results ended up ranking. Yeah. So, yeah, I was very, I was very comfortable with how, how much planning we did. Okay. Um, the one thing I will say is that after we, like, sort of had all our signals down, um, we still had a bit of time left. So then I remember suggesting to Kat, like, hey, like, um, we have this, like, very complicated signal system. I'm not sure if we're all ready to use it yet. Let's, like, do a couple of practice um, 
uh, like pra- practice runs with like some some idioms that I found just like on the internet. Um, and both of them were like, hey, like that's a good idea. Like let's do it. Um, let's let's you know prepare ourselves. And so the way it worked was basically I would DM the idiom to Chocoplex in our DMs, which fortunately was open at this time, and um, we would both know the the idiom and then we would try to emoji it to cat and then cat would try to guess it to us um and how, how do you think this went for us i like, i don't you recall this at all i don't remember it exactly i think it went poorly if i remember yeah it was for it was horrific <laughs> <laughs> um, i think like we tried we tried like three or four in total and the first two that i sent like we tried to tell her and we she just we couldn't we couldn't get to her and we just had to give up and try um another idiom it, it was frankly it was um yeah it was it was horrific it was it absolutely um, it absolutely destroyed any vestige of confidence i had coming into <laughs> the challenge um yeah so it, it felt like as we were entering or so as we're about to begin the challenge, you know, the Sahara curse, it felt real. It felt like this <laughs> impending sense of doom that, you know, it would be, we would once again go down in flames and be sent to tribal. Yeah. Oh boy. That's, that's right. I remember that now that you bring it up. I had forgotten about that particular moment. Oh man. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're, you're riding this wave of positivity that comes crashing down right before the challenge actually starts. Um, yes. Uh, you and Chocoplex are given the list of idioms. There are 26 of them, and uh, and, my, and my first reaction is, oh god, we are never making it through half of these. <laughs> uh, yeah, but and then something happens, and whatever it was that wasn't working in in that last moment of practice, it just it just seamlessly fell into place. It, it was a miracle. Yeah, it was the, the cloud, the Red Sea parted, um, the sun came out. Yeah, it was, I, I still know how it happened, but I think, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I truly don't know how that came together. Um, it was, it was, the only word that I can use to describe it was, it was a miracle. That's what it was. What was it like for you, um, listening to cat you know like as soon as you sent the emoji just like oh oh my best friend <laughs> you know such judy. and such judy oh my gosh she says this all the time that can't be oh jeff no 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 storm in a teacup and like you know next thing next thing next thing next thing next thing it's like so rapid fire right yeah so Coming coming into this challenge, I felt like the pace we needed to hit was like we needed to get probably get one every thirty seconds, or at worst one every minute. And this this <laughs> this estimate turned out to be wildly inaccurate. Um, but that's sort of like what I wanted to, the pace that I wanted to hit coming in. And as Cat is sort of just knocking these out of the park one by one. As if they were, as if, as if you know, as if we were just telling her directly what to say. <laughs> um, I, I guess it, it kind of, it kind of, it was this kind of, like use this word, this like this wave of optimism that just kept on building. The longer the challenge went on, um, 
the better I felt. And I think probably like for the first time in a challenge this, this season, I was like actually having fun with the challenge and enjoying it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, Kat was great. I think the fact that she was so vocal and so loud, I think that was maybe one of the secret ingredients that helped um, produce this miracle because that, that kind of positive energy, it like, it really is infectious and it really does sort of lift up the entire team because this, this is um, very ostensibly a team challenge at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And sort of the, the energy that Kat brought to the challenge was, I think, a, a really critical component in how well we did as a tribe. Yeah. it. I think I remember Jeffrey, production member Jeffrey, was listening. And I think Amber, um, like she was predisposed i don't know if she was like in the shower or like cooking or doing something like that but like he had he was playing the voice channel so and like she was like yelling back at cat like every time she got something right i remember like, him <laughs> saying something about that afterward which was amazing um yeah it was it i think i was like sitting at my computer i think meg was on the couch while it was happening here and um like i don't know like a couple minutes had gone by and i was i was like starting to freak out and like get super invested and i was like oh my gosh they're already like 10 10 in they've already done 10 it's only been like five minutes (laughs) (laughs) i was like this is insane because like you said like we're coming off these really poor practice rounds and just like the curse is has been real and it felt so possible to strike a third time uh for this tribe and then you know it it just came together and what a what a moment yeah truly i think yeah it's not often that sort of for a finalist their moment of the season (laughs) is in the pre-jury phase but i kind of feel that's what it was for me that this was like this was this is probably the the memory that I remember the most from the entire season. No, yeah, I, it, it was that kind fair, of moment. Fair. No, I, it, it makes sense. And, uh, it's a, a worthy moment to be so, um, representative, I guess. Um, in a season that had a lot of big moments. Uh, so yeah, for sure. So, all right. So <laughs> I, I talked to Chocoplex about this earlier this week and the thing that, you know, he really hammered home was imagine if Kat hadn't had like a 15 to 20 second preamble in front of each answer, you know, imagine if, and he even remembered, um, apparent at times like the, she, cause she's looking at the channel you're posting the emojis in. And there were a couple of times where it wasn't, she wasn't scrolling to the bottom of it and lost time that way. And so, you know, all said and done, like this could have even been faster, right? Could have been less than 10 minutes that you did this in. It it could have been, but I'm actually going to say that if she had just been giving us like sort of like without the preamble, like without all that energy, I'm not sure if we would have done better. Um, no, I think I I think that's reasonable. I was I had the same thought. I, the the preamble was part of it. That that was a big big component. 
Yeah, I think um, there's like an, an analogy that's often used for this kind of stuff where it's like you're you're running a relay race. Um, and I don't know if you've like noticed this, but when sort of when professional athletes want, run relay races, they're always yelling at each other. They're always like yelling at the teammates like, go, go, go. Like um, you can like they're encouraging their teammates. And the question is like, why why are they you know wasting energy yelling when they could be using the energy to like run faster or move their arms faster or stretch out their arms, you know, like further to hand over the baton. And the reason for this is because when you sort of motivate each other like this, even though, yes, you're technically being inefficient um, with your time, your energy, whatever, it, it's the, the amount of teamwork it builds vastly, the benefits vastly outpace sort of the sacrifices that you have to make. Mm-hmm. And I think this this challenge could be an example of that, where the 15 to 20 second preamble did did actually help us more than it hurt us. Yeah, I I, I can subscribe to that for sure. Uh, so 12 minutes go by, you get all 26 phrases, and um, now and then like the the other uh, you and Chuckaplex both rejoin the voice channel and can and can talk again on there and. Uh, you're all celebrating and so forth. Uh, did did it feel? He he kind of indicated to me that there was still a chance that you know it you know if it was if you guys could do it that fast, why couldn't the other tribes do it that fast? Was there any consideration that you know it would still be a contentious challenge in your in the back of your head? Yes, like in the back of my head, I knew that like we had like like the the mark we had like 12 minutes like it was not an impossibly difficult mark to beat that like we had like what there was like 20 26 or something mm-hmm. yeah idioms and that was like basically like um that was like one every 30 second pace right that's that was that's still beatable um but it's like sort of in the in the like the rest of my my head like didn't really care that we we still could have lost this challenge because it, it just felt so good the, the challenge and how we did in the challenge, um, the whole experience just felt really, really good. And, and I just kind of decided, like, okay, like, if we lost this challenge, like, we had fun. Like, we we, we did our best. It was amazing. It, it was a moment. Um, it is what it is. If we lose the challenge, then, you know, I, I, I might not even care because it was just the challenge itself just felt that good. And uh, and it should. <laughs> it was It was quite a quite a quite an experience um all right so now <laughs> the other side of this is how how did it feel or like what what was the like first reaction when you saw the results of the other two tribes i was almost in a bit of disbelief like i i, I it was not i could not have ever imagined that we had done so well <laughs> i think like I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think, um, I think like before I I saw the rules of the challenge, I thought it was possible but unlikely that we would be last. Um, it's very possible that we could be first, um, but I never would have expected the gap to be nearly nearly as large as it was. Mm-mm. Eh, crazy, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was miraculous. Yeah. So Sahara finishes in 12 minutes, Atacama takes 38, 39 minutes, and Gobi does not get all 26 phrases within the allotted hour. 
uh, only getting 24 of the 26. And Sahara lives to fight another day, and Gobi is going to tribal council. And um, this, so this, this is the moment. This, this challenge. This is where Chocoplex points to as the sort of birth of the Sahara trio. Fair? Yes. Yeah. More, yeah. more than fair. One hundred percent. Okay. Cool. Um. Now. Uh, you'd been to the last two tribal councils. Uh, now that there's a different tribe going, you know it only has you know three people on the that the the current Gobi tribe are people who were on Atacama with you, but you know are, are, including Hirsch, who you had at least talked to. Um, were you at all thinking about the way that vote was going to go, what it could possibly mean for your game? Um, or was it just, we'll see who gets voted out and go on from there type of thing? Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I think I, in that moment, I just, <laughs> I, I was just, um, all I knew was that the Sahara, the, the Sahara curse had been broken. Um, as you said, <laughs> we had lived to fight another day and I kind of just, if, you know, <laughs> it kind of felt like, like we could just take on the world, you know, in that, in that moment that nothing really Mattered anymore. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, so they go to tribal council. Juice Boxer is voted out, and uh, we are down to twelve. And um, I remember a lot of lot of chatter, a lot of lot of talk happening in the DMs and in the camp channels at this point about a swap, and uh, they were right. We have a swap here. But they were all also wrong because it was not a swap to two tribes of six, um, which I'm pretty sure everyone. I think the only person that joked about it being a swap to three tribes of four was Lurker, who said, "Well, they wouldn't do that," uh, but we did. <laughs> That's exactly what we did. Um, so uh, this one was more random. Uh, it was just adding emoji reactions to messages from Carlbot, and he assigned roles to each person. We had a couple of snags on the back end, but we ironed those out, and your new tribe is you're back on Atacama, and you're still with Chocoplex, but you are reunited with original Atacama members Jasmine and LaForza. Yes. Any thoughts? Um, I was very relieved. Um because going to this because you know the Sahara trio like it, it kind of almost felt like a like a kick to the gut that sort of just as soon as the Sahara trio finally started to gel that we would be split apart like this mm-hmm. um, and in some sense it was a blessing in disguise because there were still two challenges to go until the merge and who knows if we would have you know lost one of those challenges then that's the end of that's the beginning and also the end of the Sahara trio <laughs> yeah um, but the worst case scenario w- would be that we would be swapped, you know, one, 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 and none of us would get to talk to each other or help each other make it to the merge where we would reunite again. And then that could also be you know, the beginning and also the end of the Sahara Trio. <laughs> um, so I was very relieved that I was swapped into a tribe of four with Chocoplex because it would mean that Choco and I could, to some large extent, keep each other safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did um, 
on 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 I guess Atacama 3.0 at this point. Uh, you know, Laforza and Jasmine, who you'd been with on the original Atacama, was there any? I don't know, just reassessing uh, type of stuff. You know, did you finally have DM channels open with them and then conversations with them at this point? I believe so. I believe this is when <laughs> I first DM'd um, LaForza and Jasmine. Um, I don't think either of us gelled. I don't think I gelled particularly well with either of them. Um, but at least, like, it was it was not like a like a black box. Like, I could <laughs> at least <laughs> talk to them and reach out and have begin sort of having that kind of beginning of a connection. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, so uh, the reason that we had a swap to Three Tribes of Four was so it would line up perfectly with the next challenge, which was the Sandstorm. Uh, big Sandstorm comes in and hits the Mojo Desert. All the players are lost and need to find their way back to their camels. And they have to do that in teams of four because there are four roles that you all have to be. Uh, navigator, biologist, medic, and engineer. Um, your tribe, uh, you, let's see, Laforza is your navigator, Jasmine is your biologist, Chocoplex was your medic, and you end up as the engineer. And this is a the uh, server challenge server challenge of the season and uh, mostly just uh, navigate a map try not to die <laughs> and find your way to the camels pretty straightforward <laughs> stuff uh, I, I mean this you you kind of talked about in the emoji challenge how you know it, it kind of lived and died by the leadership of the the caller and in, in a lot of ways, this is very similar, but the caller is the navigator in this circumstance, um, which is La Forza for, for your tribe. So, I don't know, was there much consideration uh, about who would be what as far and, and then, you know, strategies and, and so on and so forth? Um, I think for this challenge... I was not nearly as sort of in, um, I, well, I don't want to say invested, but I was not ne as nearly as like stressed out about it as I was about the emoji challenge because like the, my position in the tribe was very different now because I had Chocoplex with me and the two of us could keep each other safe. And so if we had lost, I felt like we, the two of us could work together and finesse maybe like LaForza and Jasmine to turn on each other. And that's how we would make it through that vote. Um, and even if we had to go to a vote after that, then you know we would just vote out the other person, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so it felt it felt good to have that sort of that bond of trust, um, and to to already be at like fifty percent um, before the challenge started, and so I kind of just let the others take over for this one um, because this wasn't like this this was really not a challenge that I minded whether we won or lost because. Um, because I was, I, I was already like sort of committed to working together with Chocoflex and Kat. And so, yeah, that was kind of like my experience with this challenge. Like I kind of just, you know, um, let everything, let everything go or let, let everything be as it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that generally, uh, ends up working <laughs> as it turns Surprisingly out. Surprisingly well, actually. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Uh, Laforza talking to him. He said, you know, it. Uh, he said, like, I just took the took the reins, and <laughs> things um, things had a way of working out. I I saw the path. We went there. There was a point where. Um, uh, Chocoplex had to save you all from from poison, and he yes. was able to do so, so nobody died. And uh, you crossed the canal off to the right side of the map, navigated around the Gila monster that you couldn't have protected yourselves against, and reached the camels. Um, nice. Took you 24 minutes, uh, which was good enough for second place in this challenge. Sahara did it in 22. And Gobi took 37, ultimately. Um, yeah, there was... Now, I don't know if... I, I, I'm often uh, loathe to reveal elements of a challenge that nobody actually uncovered. But uh, there was a point in this, in this challenge where you navigate into the... Uh, if the map is in the Key Events channel of Mojo Desert, for people who are listening... But uh, navigated to the square of F3, uh, which is the center of a sandstorm cloud. Uh, there's another one in C6 that nobody encountered. But both of those locations, if the engineer had crafted a crowbar, they could use it to break open uh, a thing. Uh, the things were different. In the case of the location that you guys went to, because you got to that spot you got the response that if you have a crowbar use open and you being the engineer tried to use the crowbar command but you couldn't because you didn't reach a place that gave you a crowbar so unfortunate um, unfortunate uh but had you have have done that so you could have you would have lost your crowbar that you used to open it and you would have found inside a piece of old parchment with the words written on it Congratulations, you've found a secret hit a secret hidden in the desert. This is an advantage in the next immunity challenge. Your tribe may take this advantage, but if you do, you will take a penalty to your finishing time for this challenge of twenty minutes. Oof. Um the entire tribe has to agree to take it. The biologist would use the command exclamation point, take it. And uh if you don't want to take this command, take this advantage, just proceed with the challenge as normal. Now we can look back on it now and say that if you had taken this advantage, uh, you lose the challenge because uh, you were 13 minutes ahead of the Gobi tribe. So that would have been very, very interesting. Yeah, would have definitely changed the course of the season, I think. Yeah. And to think, there were three of those hidden in that challenge. <laughs> Nobody found any of them. <laughs> um yeah and so the next challenge is the auction so i think it was probably just like extra money or something i don't know how much it would have been but yeah, could have been could have made it could have made the difference um well anyway uh so 24 well, i think we'll, we'll we'll get to the auction later but i'm not sure if doing well in that challenge would have helped people because i think the people who did well in that challenge got targeted for it later well i guess I guess uh, the thing that came to mind for me first was if, say, every person on your tribe got an extra $25, um, you could now, as a tribe, put 
$401 on tribal immunity and not have to worry about some other tribe like tying you or missing out on it for any reason and still have money left over to do whatever you wanted with it, which, you know, maybe nothing, but um, because I think the way the rules were written, if two tribes put all $400 on tribal immunity, neither got it. If it was the same one, I'm not sure, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I, you know, yeah. you, you didn't know what the next challenge was, who, who's to say, but um, what could have been a lot of, a lot of different divergent paths that could have been taken for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, not going to tribal council, but the tribe that is going to tribal council has cat on it. Uh, are you concerned uh, about that situation at all? I think looking back on it, I should have been a lot more concerned <laughs> than I was. Um, but at the time, I thought, you know, cats with Hirsch, that's at least, at least, like, they, they started on um, on a common together. Hopefully, they'll be fine. Um, but I also knew there was nothing I could really do about that situation. So I was just kind of, I was just going to chill and just, you know, I guess, if anything, just build more connections on my tribe. Um, like, you know, if worse comes to worse, like, and Kat gets voted out and Sahara Trio, um, is finished, then, you know, I still had Chocoplex and that, at that point, I would also need to have more connections with other players. And so that was kind of my mindset when I was talking to Jasmine and LaForza, um, on those off days, just trying to, trying to get closer to them, which didn't, I wouldn't say it really worked out, but, <laughs> Um, you know, we try, we try. Yeah. Uh, well, so as far as you're aware in the game, uh, Hirsch is voted out here. Um, however, it takes like an hour and a half and it's really oh, yeah. a rock draw between Hirsch and Angel Cake that sends Hirsch home, which is another part of the season that is going to loom large <laughs> as we progress. Yes. Um, yeah, so Hirsch is out and we are down to 11 people. And this brings us to the auction. Uh, what, so, um, looking at the auction, everybody gets a hundred dollars for themselves. There are three items that are for the tribe. There are six items you can bid on for just you. Uh, two of the tribal items are immunity. One of them also comes with spectating tribal council. And um, I don't know, what, what, what was your first impression? Were you on board with putting all the money on tribal immunity? Um, yeah, I think that was pretty much our game plan from the start. In some sense, this challenge is like almost a little similar to the greed challenge, where you had a choice between helping yourself or helping your tribe. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, this time we managed to all decide to help the tribe instead of helping ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the biggest kind of question mark here was um, how to avoid bidding on the tribal immunity that the other tribes were going to bid on so that you didn't run into a situation where you get, you know, outbid or tie bid 
on one and nobody bids on the other that could have been won for like a dollar or something, uh, which would have been very sad, probably. Yes, it would have been quite unfortunate. <laughs> uh, fortunately, that's that's not doesn't end up being an issue. The Gobi tribe threw all of their money on the second tribal immunity, and all of the tribal immunity money from Atacama was put on the first one. So no harm, no foul. And Sahara tribe puts no money on either tribal immunity. Uh, so nothing. So I'm I'm curious because what did how did Gabe bid for that challenge? Uh, Gabe did not bid. Gabe did not submit uh, a bid, and therefore. I guess he just got to go home with a hundred fake money. <laughs> oh, that, that's truly unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. What, I mean, you know, $360 and $400 for the two different tribal immunities. So it wasn't really going to matter. Uh, he could have put it on tribal knowledge, which nobody bid on, on any of the tribes. Um, if he had gotten a whiff of what Lurker, Nux, and Ari were doing, maybe he could have outbid uh, lurker for a couple of the things that he won but as it turns out gabe did not bid at all on your tribe jasmine only put 60 dollars on tribal immunity and then she split the remaining 40 across all six individual items <laughs> um which i loved personally when i saw her lock in that bid because she put 50 cents on, on individual knowledge 50 cents on the shovel she put 10 cents each on all three covered items and then 38 dollars and 70 cents on individual advantage which i really wanted one of those to to pay out, oh, man. Pay out. would have been so great yeah it would have been amazing <laughs> um but what ends up happening is lurker wins individual knowledge covered item one two and three the shovel goes to nux and the individual advantage goes to ari and talking to, I don't remember who I was talking to when I first made this, uh, kind of came to this realization myself, but whatever lingering concern there may have been over you taking the, the immunity necklace in greed, I think what happens with the Sahara tribe here kind of just, just shoves that all to the side because of what they did and all of the crap they won in this auction. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I fully agree with that. It kind of, I think the prevailing um, view on both Atacama and Gobi at this point was, oh my god, we got played. We're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> yeah, what, I mean, they have to go to tribal council, but, and I mean, I guess you can probably surmise from the way that Gabe won nothing that he was going to be targeted, but... Um, right. With with everyone kind of expecting there to be a merge any day now, uh, it's got to be scary. Right, and that's and you look at Ari and Nux and Lurker, and to everybody, that's the power trio at the at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And so, this is sort of at the point where, you know, once we do get to the merge, Sahara trio was already kind of set up in a in a position where we could just float along, like under the radar for a while while the bigger targets got eliminated right yeah um let's see here ari's going to take his advantage and go to tabletop mountain where he has the ability to search every single sub channel in the game 
for whatever he could find. He ultimately finds a delayed immunity idol, which was actually hidden on the Atacama camp uh, subchannels, that doesn't activate until the merge. Nux's shovel is a dud. Uh, one of the covered items was camel poop. Uh, one of the covered items was a spy shack. One of the covered items was a golden rock, which would make you immune if there was a rock draw. And then the individual knowledge was the number of messages in each DM channel that uh, the person who won that advantage was not part of, which uh, reveals that at the time, uh, the largest DM channel that you were part of was with Chocoplex, 77 messages. You had exchanged 11 messages with Jasmine up to that point, and 14 <laughs> with LaForza. So, very, very talkative. <laughs> um, yes. I think the reason why my DMs with um, Chocoplex are significantly larger than with any other player was because we had been we had, we had just been swapped onto the same tribes. Yeah. every single time so there was just more time for us to talk to each other and then the other part of it is that uh um there was the angel k Karstaway dm count which at that point in time oh, yes. was 935 <laughs> and that's not alarming <laughs> it was almost i think it's like double the sum messages of every other channel that he got the information for uh, because Oof. Like the day before, right after the Rocks vote, Cat closed her DM channels with Cat or with Karstaway and with Angel Cake, so they weren't open, um, which threw a wrinkle into this in information that, uh, as, according to Lurker, he didn't really uh, suspect, which was fun. So clearly, um, Angel Cake and Karstaway, a very solid duo. Or just, I don't know, just lots of gifts, maybe. <laughs> um, you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Uh, so so they go to Tribal Council. Gobi gets to spectate them. Uh, Gabe is voted out three to one. He throws his vote on Lurker. And then we merge. Yep. Finally. Uh, we t Everyone decides on the new tribe name of Mojave. And so the merged tribe is Angel Cake, Ari, Karstaway, Chocoplex, Cat, Jasmine, Forza, Lurker, You, and Nux. And if I'm not mistaken, you had been on a tribe with everyone in that list except for Angel Cake, Karstaway, Lurker, and Nux. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So the two most the two biggest pairs in the game are the ones that you had not met yet. Um, yeah, that could have been a, a, a hugely dangerous situation. I, I think I was very lucky that it was not. Yes. So what did uh, I don't know? Like what? As you you know, as you admit, like you're not a very haven't been very talkative to the people you've been on a tribe with. Um, you get to the merge and you're meeting you know four new people, and I don't know like what what you, you're reunited with cat you cat and, and chocoplex are back together again what's what's the is there a game plan is there you know are you tar are you already saying like we should target lurker nux ari from the beginning is there 
any attack, like what is your first reaction, you know, to getting to talk to Lurker and Ux, if you even talked to them at all? And, you know, same question regarding Angel Cake Karstway. It's a lot um, of questions, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I'll, I'll take them one at a time. So when I... So um, when I'm coming to this merge, the first my first thought is just you know is just numbers, is is that right now it's set ten and the magic number is six, and the reason six is the magic number is because the, the Sahara tree is three, and at six if the three of us stack together, then the only way they could get one of us out is by going to rocks, which, you know I like that's that's um, hopefully like a pretty safe bet for the three of us. Uh, and so for me, six is the magic number. And then, so how do we get from 10 to six? Uh, and then, two, so that's when I started thinking um, that the most obvious path to that was just getting out um, Sahara, Sahara 2, I think, which is Ari, Nux, and Lurker. Mm-hmm. And so if those, those go out at 10, 9, 8, then we're at 7. And then I didn't know what we would do at 7, but as long as we got past 7 then the three of us are pretty much clear for the rest of the game. And so that was my game plan going in to the merge. Um, and so, yeah. Um, and so then I, I start, you know, talking and getting to know with some, uh, some of the other people, um, especially because um, I would say for most of the people, the mo- most of the people on my merge tribe were people that I was not particularly close with. So it actually kind of felt like um, talking to them, I guess, for maybe like the first or the second time, um, just because we had not really interacted much or at all beforehand. And um, I think strategically, as I was starting getting, getting to know these people, I was, um, for for most, because I, I had already committed to the Sahara Tree, I was, I was a lot less interested in forming a social connection as I was in forming a strategic connection. Um, I wanted to make sure that they wouldn't vote for me, for Cat, or for Chocoplex more than I wanted to sort of get on their good graces and form like a genuine social connection, which is in hindsight like a a huge mistake um, on my part. Well, and I guess before you move on from there, like what what from your perspective is like the I don't know. I, I think it's really difficult to kind of separate those two parts of a relationship with somebody in this game. So, you know, like what what does that actually mean to you when you say not a social connection but a strategic one? Um, for me, a social connection is, um, yeah. I okay, maybe um. Maybe like the terms that I'm using to describe my thought process aren't like wholly accurate here. Um, I guess what I have in mind with like a social connection is sort of what like basically essentially the Sahara trio in that um, there's very little trust to go around in this game. Um, you are going to betray or have to betray most people at some point or another. And um, a in this in this sense, like a genuine social connection is like I am committed to working with X, and I'm working and I'm committed to working with Y, not because um, because of anything else, but just because I want to work with them. Uh, versus like a strategic connection is I think I should work with so and so because 
that would help me get to final tribal council or that would put me in a good spot with a jury. And so I think those are in some sense, like you can approach both of those together by just, um, I guess talking like when you, when you talk, just like (laughs) basically like making friends with someone, then they would work with you both socially and strategically. Um, but for me, it was kind of like, like the way I approached, say, talking with someone like Angel or Cars was that I wanted like, like, hey, do you want to work together on this vote versus, hey, like, like, uh, did you see that sports game or do, or have you watched that movie or TV show? And so th- I guess in concrete terms, that's like kind of like the difference between how I envision like a social interaction versus a strategic interaction. Okay. I don't know. It's probably, it's probably, it might even be a mistake for me to think like that. Maybe it's just more effective to always just try to just make friends with everybody. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure, I don't know. Like my, my gut reaction is, is to say, well, uh, nine times out of 10, it's probably better if like your approach is more socially genuine than not. But like, I don't know if I guess it's the people who can kind of determine like where that, what that 10th time is that, that kind of went out, I, I suppose, you know, if you, I, I, you know, if you look at, um, a situation where, you know, if I, if you can determine that the person you're talking to, like, Hey, if I know I'm going to stick together, stick with the Saharo trio over anyone else, everyone else, like, and if I form a bond with this fourth person and I eventually vote that fourth person out, is that going to come back to haunt me? It might. I guess like right. that's like the mental gymnastics you have to do when you're approaching somebody and determining like how deep you want to go with them and, and how close you want to be to them. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think um, it it can come back to haunt you. But the reverse side of that, which is really what happened to me this season was that I just didn't talk enough to enough people and get to know them well enough to even sort of understand what they would be thinking about me as part of the jury. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like especially true with someone like Lurker or Nux, where, um, well, <laughs> I I never opened a DM channel with Lurker, which is, I mean, <laughs> not, I, I don't think I need to say anything more there. But even with Nux, he was, I think he was voted out first and, um, I just didn't really get to talk much with him. And so I did not expect nearly as much animosity as I, maybe not anim- animosity, but just um, opposition from them as much as I got at Final Travel Council. Yeah. Um, and then, so, and so you were, you said that uh, your approach to Karstaway Angel Cake was, more in the strategic vein right yeah it felt like because um well i sort of approached this from multiple angles at once i think with someone like like with with ari with jasmine and forza my the 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 line i was taking was like hey we're all og atacama we should stick together it's six versus four we can't you know we can't afford to let the four take over the game and that was sort of how I tried to shift their thinking. And then versus someone like 
cars cars and angel angel cake um it was more like hey like do you want to work together to get out sahara because they just won all these items in the auction and so i was i guess you could say i was trying to turn people against each other in that sense but it was definitely more of a strategic kind of interaction versus like a more genuine social connection gotcha understood um something that we that i glossed over is that uh before the merge like a couple of days before the merge is when cat finds the extra vote over on gobi um chocoplex i think told me that he, he wasn't even really aware of it until like the day or two before she used it at final six tribe at the final six vote uh i'm guessing that's probably the same also true for you Yes, I think Kat was very, very savvy to keep that hidden from us. Um, because it, it's kind of like her, her ace that she has up her sleeve. And um, even even if she trusts us, you never know what can happen in this game. And there's there's no real reason that we have to know about it before Final Summit. Mm-hmm. And so for her, it's better to it's better for her game to keep it to herself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so new big merge tribe, uh, before we even get to the first individual challenge, there's a pretty, pretty crazy, uh, morning slash early afternoon that as I'm looking, as I'm remembering back to it, I'm not sure you were even like online for most of this to go when it went down. <laughs> I was, I think I missed the announcement when you said, here's when the challenge will start i think i just missed the announcement i think oh, a lot no. of the challenges yeah go ahead no i mean uh I... <laughs> okay i guess we'll get to that as well but um the uh the and maybe the fact that you're <laughs> that you started talking about a different thing than i was trying to bring up uh sort of answers my own question <laughs> but um the the scramble for the immunity idol that happened involving the crypt oh oh yes i think i was very much not a part of that as well i think someone (laughs) told me the command to enter the crypt like after the fact or something um i'm not really sure how that happened but yeah i was very much out of that that part of the that part of the season as well um well here's what i'll say uh we'll kind of you know it 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 is what it is but i would suggest um i don't know if you've been listening along to the other episodes from this season but in ari's episode which is as we're recording this the next one that'll come out uh he went back and broke down minute by minute the sequence of events that led to the from the first person who realized that there was a command that led to something to him and everyone and and their mother getting uh, a hidden immunity idol from the crypt um so he will he will walk everyone through everything that transpired uh which is really generous of him to have taken the time to do uh so yeah i look forward to listening (laughs) to that episode yeah so so there's a huge idol hunt um that passed you by and it ultimately ended with like four or five people being told they got an idol 
but the fact of the matter is that only Ari got one and everyone else had to be told that they did not get one and uh, some people took that harder than others I'll say uh, but then okay so then we get to this immunity challenge and you did not participate in this and you were saying that it is because you didn't see the announcement is that right yeah crazy I don't know Cra- crazy I don't know I don't know how I missed it <laughs> Um, well, if, if there was any challenge to ignore, this is probably the perfect one to do so. Right, yeah. Incredibly lucky there. Uh, so I guess looking at it in hindsight, I guess, is the only way you were really able to do so. I don't remember if you jumped in while it was still ongoing or not, but I don't know. Would you have, en- would you have accepted any of these penalties up to a point? Um... I don't think I would because I think even before this, I felt secure enough in that um, enough people were receptive to sort of the ideas that I was floating them to vote out Gobi or to vote out or to vote out Ojigobi or to vote out Sahara Sahara too that I felt safe enough about Sahara Trio making it through this vote. So I might have just dropped out at like the first or the second penalty. Okay. Uh, so, as the challenge runs, uh, Ari and Kat drop out at the first penalty, Karstway number two, Chocoplex Jasmine in number six. Uh, they are largely unimpacted by by the, the penalties. Lurker drops out at number nine, and Angel Cake and Nux both drop out at number 12, uh, with LaForza winning the first individual immunity challenge and extending his... Uh, uh, length, of, <laughs> length of time in this game where he cannot be voted for. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But now we end up with uh, everyone up to Lurker, or everyone below Lurker. Like like I said, relatively didn't have much much uh, penalties in terms of how it affected their ability to talk to other people or engage with the game around camp and things like that. Uh, Lurker, Nux, and Cake Laforza were all unable to talk during tribal council they were all unable to enter sub channels until at, you know until after the next tribal council um angel cake nux and laforza were exiled on uh black rock until two hours before the next tribal council they all would have their votes read publicly at the next tribal council they would all receive a disadvantage in the next immunity challenge and Laforza would be the lone person who did not get a single chance to talk to a single person until he got back from tribal council the next night. So ultimately, uh, this results in like half of the tribe being able to talk to each other and determine how this tribal council is going to go. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy thinking back about it because usually like the the um... The the, mer- the first merge vote is unpredictable, and to have immunity at that vote is, in some sense, very helpful. But also, um, like I've seen this both in in speeds and in orgs, where if you start winning too many of those merge immunity post merge immunity challenges, then you almost immediately get dinged as a challenge threat. And so it's, um, so you could I guess you could say like the almost like the meta for early post-merge immunity challenges is just to throw them and just to 
let somebody else have the 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 um, the illusion of safety, I guess, for that one tribal council, because it might come back to haunt them later. Um, so the fact that so many people went so hard on this challenge and so many people tried to um, get that immunity um, is 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 kind of surprising to me, but I suppose I suppose like it it, it worked out well for most of them. They made it through. Yeah, yeah. It was a high risk, high reward situation. Uh, so now you had said that you were trying to put targets on Sahara 2.0. You're trying to put targets on original Gobi members. Um, how do you remember the target eventually landing on Nux here at this first merge vote? I believe Cars was the one who eventually said, all right, it's going to be Nux and we're going for Nux. Um, and I didn't like, I kind of just went along with like the, the tribe just because like it was, it fit into my vision of, you know, Nux, Nux, Lurker and Ari getting out first and then somehow making it through the final seven vote and then taking over with the Sahara trio. So I kind of like that was that was perfect with me, and so I was I was down with that plan from the get go. And and then what were you aware of the counterinsurgent plan from the Nux Lurker Ari trio, where uh, they ultimately are under the uh, impression that they have the votes to split between Angel Cake and Karstaway. I am not really okay. So, I think I I did hear about um, this this rumor that Cars and Angel Cake were a really close pair, and we should be all worried about them. And I kind of just like put this information in the back of my head, and just went along with the plan to vote out Nux. But I I don't think I was ever told to vote for either Cars or Angel Cake. So I'm I'm not really sure. Like they might have thought they were just leaving me out of a vote because you know mathematically if they leave me out of a vote and then they have you know like a three 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 split like that's still that's still enough i guess but that that's very dangerous i don't know if if i go along with okay well actually i'm i yeah i'm not sure i'm I'm not sure who who they told to vote for what but i don't recall being told by one of those three to vote for either nux i'm sorry for either angel or cars okay uh the so the this group of seven that form uh to vote nux out here uh this is the now we'll see in at final nine and final eight that you'll split the votes um against your targets but you didn't split them at this vote i don't know if you remember if there was a reason for that i think the reason was pretty simple because we knew there might be idols out there but there's three, even if they knew we were coming for them, there's three people we could be going for. And so it'd be pretty hard for them to guess. And yeah, and <laughs> we kind of, we kind of, I think part of the reason, I don't remember if this was related to the auction results, but I don't think Nux won anything or the item that Nux won, like it was like the shovel, right? Yes. And so the shovel was a dud and it was, um, and it was like, I think it was, like it was known at the time that the shovel was a dud, and so we 
kind of thought that um, Nux was the least likely to have an idol, so that's why we went for Nux. Might maybe I'm not I'm not one hundred percent on that. Fantastic. The, the shovel dug his grave for him. I love it. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a great touch. I loved it too. Um, so, I mean, that's so that's what kind of happens uh, in the. I guess like most underwhelming, most boring tribal council merged first merged tribal council ever because half of the people couldn't even talk during it. Um, Nux gets seven <laughs> votes. Uh, Ari and Nux vote for Karstaway. Lurker votes for Angel Cake, so it is a seven to one vote. Uh, Nux is gone, and he is the first member of the jury. And now, so now official confirmation that the jury phase has begun. Um, I would, I would guess like the only chance it's not going to be not, wouldn't have started now is if it starts at nine and there's a final two, but um, starting now probably also tells everyone it's going to be a final three. If they're reading between the lines, uh, how does this, um, does this at all just, even as much as you end up suspecting that it's going to start now, just the knowledge that there's a jury, okay, how does that impact, like, if at all, the way you're approaching, I guess, everything, really? I guess the initial reaction for me was kind of like, hooray, like, we made the jury, right? Um, that's always, like, a, a nice milestone to attain. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of game planning, I think I did suspect it was going to be a final three at the time. Um, because it, having like an an eight person jury at final two could lead to like a four four and like I wasn't sure if um, production would like per like take that risk of having that um, and so I kind of suspected a final three and and that was kind of that 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 was that was a good feeling because I kind of knew that or that kind of implied that if Sahara Trio could go all the way then you know, then we, we could just be, we could just be all, we could all be finalists yeah. um, and everybody would be happy. And <laughs> so it was, it was, it was a good feeling, I would say. Good. Um, well, uh, that brings us to the next immunity challenge. And uh, this one did not go so great for you either. Um so this is this the, was the listening challenge. Yes, the story of the Mojo Desert. I read everybody a story, and then they had to answer a series of questions related to the story. Uh, there was a slow mode uh, involved, so that if you got it wrong, it would add to your time. Whoever answered the fastest would win immunity. Uh, Andrew Cake and Lavorza entered this challenge with penalties applied to them, so their slow mode was twice as long which ended up being a death knell that they could not overcome no matter how good they were. So LaForza did not participate in the challenge. Jasmine did also not participate in the challenge. Uh, Karstaway had to step away uh, partway through it, I think to tend to her twins and never finished. Uh, and then you were doing well. Um, and I think if you had known the answer of the last question <laughs> would have won... Um, I'm not, I, I remember I noted that your time through 14 questions was seven minutes and 53 seconds, uh, which was 
four seconds slower than it took Cat to finish. So I don't know if that time only stopped once you answered the 14th question or if that time stopped when you gave up. If it, I think it was through the 14th answer, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I think Cat did really well in that challenge and I might not have caught her even if um, I knew the answer to the last question. Yeah. So the first question um, had two options. Uh, all the, the first 14 questions were multiple choice. The first question only had two, two possible answers. And then they got to three, and then there were four, and then there were five. And then question number 10, number 12 had six answers. Question number 14 had seven answers that you could possibly get. And then the last question was open-ended, so infinite. And uh, after a couple of guesses at what the title of the story was, you decided <laughs> nowhere near <laughs> <laughs> no you you ended up having to forfeit the challenge uh, unfortunately so no luck here uh, which is a shame i believe the answer to that question was like basically the first thing that was said in the story right yeah i i opened it up with like all right this is lasting legacies and then i like read the thing um. <laughs> oh man <laughs> that's kind of embarrassing well i mean i guess the question the the format of the questions was kind of by design to make that the stinging point like well were you listening at the very beginning did you gloss over the title because i feel like people gloss over the titles of things all the time well i i did <laughs> <laughs> uh so so yeah so you got to the last question could not answer it and forfeited at that point. Angel Cake, with his disadvantage, took 22 minutes and 39 seconds. Chocoplex did it in 12.18. Lurker, 10.26. Ari, 8.35. And Cat, one immunity by finishing in 7 minutes and 49 seconds. So she did real well. I think she got one mistake, uh, if I'm remembering right. And so Cat's immune, one of the trio, which is always a good thing and uh, makes it easy to target Lurker slash Ari here at this next vote, yeah? Right, yeah. From a strategic perspective, I think it was more important that... Um, it was more important that uh, Ari and Lurker did not win than that one of the Sahara trio won. Like, if Cars or Angel or Forza or Jasmine had won, I don't think it would have affected the game plan much for that vote but it was important like if if ari or nux had won i'm sorry if ari or lurker had won then they could have played their idol on the other person right and then they could have voted at one of us i believe yes if if they were communicating well with each other that could have happened um so so okay so if if i'm remembering correctly uh i believe the uh, primary target is going to be uh, is the primary target here Ari or Lurker? I believe it was Ari. Okay, so nine people left. You're going to split uh, four, three, two against them. Yes. Yes. And of course, that's ultimately exactly what's going to happen yeah and, and nothing went wrong absolutely nothing went <laughs> Ex wrong with that plan <laughs> except everything so <laughs> so now let me see the most inconsequential thing that goes quote unquote wrong 
I believe, is that uh, Angel Cake and Karstaway switch who they're voting for, which really doesn't matter. Um, but it kind of comes into play uh, as a s small thing later on. But I believe they were originally supposed to vote the opposite direction than they did, and they switched. Uh, so then the first real snafu is Jasmine is no longer with the seven of you, or the other, the six of you. No, she is not. <laughs> and is now trying to work with Ari and Lurker. Because, I mean, it, it seems crazy to flip from a group of seven to a group of two, but, uh, I mean, you look at the way this vote worked out, and there was absolutely a chance that it, it pays many dividends in the end yes yes <laughs> yeah it, it was um it was pretty it was pretty shocking when i heard this and when i when i found out about this later but yeah i mean that takes guts honestly and if she, if jasmine had managed to pull it off then wow you know more power to her uh so i think you know wish wish i could have talked to her but i believe the plan for her she switched uh she was one of the people voting for Lurker. She swaps to voting with Lurker and Ari. So instead of there being three votes on Lurker, they have three votes to put on whoever they want. Ari plays an idol, and the person they vote for goes home, which, in this case, ends up being you as their target. Correct. So, not great. No, um, not at all. But then, there's some other things going on here, which is... Which is uh, apparently, the communication between the three of them was really poor, and Lurker decides that he's going to vote for Ari instead of right. Muse, uh, instead of you. So if that had come to pass, we have a 5-2-2 split. You and, our, uh, you and Lurker are tied, and we go to a revote, which, as far as I'm aware, you, you, know, you would be fine, and, and Lurker still gets voted out in that case. Yeah, well, we'd have a we'd have a talk afterwards. Yeah, about what exactly happened? Um, but yeah, it would have it would have it, hopefully I would have survived the revote. Yeah, uh, but then against all odds, um, <laughs> and I believe, and I believe when I talked to Ari and and, and Forza, there was a conversation between the two of them, um, where Ari was trying to sway Laforza to their side, and in doing so turned him against them <laughs> to, <laughs> but like even if he even in doing so like it's crazy to think that i i guess he must have mentioned jasmine in some capacity because laforza who was originally going to vote for ari switches his vote to vote for lurker and it brings us full circle <laughs> to a four three two split i i have never seen anything <laughs> like this ever happen Either in in Survivor or in in any or, it's incredible. It's it's like I don't know if you ever see the I, I see on Twitter sometimes people will post like Renaissance paintings and how like they're so perfectly um, proportioned with like the action that's happening, and it's like this is the same thing. It's like this mistake plus this mistake plus this mistake plus this turn plus this back betrayal equals perfection. And exactly what the artist intended when he drew up the plan. <laughs> it, it was really quite astonishing. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the the probably the funniest outcome about this was that 
most of the people had no clue what happened. Like most of us just assumed that, yeah, like everything just went to plan. Yeah. Um, you know, like we, we, we got past the idol, like good for us. You know, we, we, we pulled off a split easy, easy as one, two, three. <laughs> and, and yeah, I think I was so convinced because I was, I did take, I think a role in orchestrating the split from the start. Um, like for, I, I think I, I pushed for angel cake and, um, Carsaway to be on to vote for different people so that they would have like less sway between the two of them over the outcome and um i think i was like pretty involved with like organizing who would, who exactly would vote for who so i was like pretty convinced that you know i had basically just masterminded a perfect split <laughs> vote um, and so when kat told me about this later that when she was like you know being when she had um, used her detective cat skills and figured out that the parchments were not what they seemed to be. I, I was like, I was almost in denial about it because I was so convinced <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that it had all gone to plan. Yeah. What's, I don't know. Like what was the, when, when you, I guess eventually if you ever did really like agree, like, and, and concede like, okay, so Maybe it wasn't exactly as as I thought it as as perfect as I thought it was. Like how how do you try how do you try to reestablish the dynamic of everyone left in the tribe and and how much you can trust, say, Angel Cake and Karstaway or the Forza or Jasmine and so on down the line. I think it was very the timing was extremely fortunate because if it had happened at final eight, then I would have been beside myself. I would not have known what to do at all in that situation. Um, but I think, well, something different, I think, happened at Final 8 that catalyzed like a, like a, a different outcome. And then at Final 7 was when Kat told me that the Final 9 vote was all, all out of whack. And at Final 7, that was when Forza... Um, that was when... That was the Forza vote. So then mm-hmm. at that point, like, it was kind of it was kind of the perfect time to tell me that I had royally fucked up the, the final <laughs> nine vote, because if it would have been any, any time before that, then I probably would have done something that I would, I would have regretted later in the game. Do you have an example of what that might've been? Um, I think, I think I, I'm, I'm not sure because I don't recall like the exact dynamic, but I think it might've been bad enough to cause say Carstaway and angel cake, to maybe find out about the Sahara trio or something like that. Oh. And then they it might have caused them to um go with say Ari and maybe like form a for, get like another pull in another person for um for four people which is what you need for a majority at 8 and at 7. But I'm not I'm not sure. I don't recall exactly who is exactly with who at that point. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, man, uh, that would have, uh, and and you know it, it's it seems like when especially you know as we get toward closer and closer to the end you know the the big sticking point is going to end up being like well nobody knew you guys had a secret trio so how are we supposed to evaluate how well they the trio did because we never even knew they existed but the other side of it is like well if they knew too soon. That, it wouldn't have been a secret trio, first it of would, all. It wouldn't have been a secret, but like, what are the chances that 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 anyone from that group or or 
more than one person from that group can make it to the end anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and this was, I think, a point that neither of us really drove home at Final Travel Council, and that sort of our success was contingent on the jury basically being in the dark about us. Mm-hmm. Which is which is not really. I think I think if if I say that if if someone says that to the jury, um, the jury just does not take that sentence very well. So <laughs> it would have to be it would have to be finesse, I think, and it would have to be said in a. It would have to be framed in a very different way, but the message had to be conveyed that, yes, we were a trio, yes, we kind of outplayed you, but, and, like, yes, it was, like, all done sort of behind your back, and we couldn't really tell you about it, because then you would have known about it, and then you could have stopped us. Yeah. You guys are all so good that if you had any idea what we were doing, you would have been here instead of us, or something like that. Right. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that works, but, you know, it definitely, so, yeah, there had to be a way to sort of finesse a, the, the the reality of the situation, ultimately. Um, all right, so, so the split vote happens. Um, Lurker's voted out. He's the second member of the jury. And to Ari, call the vote, I think, would be doing a great dishonor to the many, many successful split votes that that have happened in both Survivor and in Oryx, because this was not a slow vote. This was chaos, and somehow, somehow we made it through alive. But yeah, it was quite a vote. The chaos vote. Um, uh, the ends justify the means, <laughs> and sure. uh, Lurker's gone. We are down to eight, and we have our first reward challenge that isn't a swap, and this is touchy subjects. Um, asked everyone a bunch of questions. Who do you think does this? Who's this? Who's that? Um, you, well, what, what's ultimately going to be true here is that uh, Ari and Kat are like the top answer for nine out of ten of these questions. Um, but the the there are a couple of times where you came up. So you got you were t- you were uh, who is the most honest? Chocoplex and Karstaway both answered Muse. Nice. Uh, who surprises you the most at still being in the game? Karstaway said you. That's a... <laughs> thank, thank you very much. <laughs> um, who would be a strong and benevolent king like Yulbren? Angel Cake, put your name down. Oh, thank you. Uh, who would be the first person to apply for Dr. Bethesda Wadsworth's next clinical trial? Uh, you and Laforza both put your name down. Yeah, that was, that was the joke answer, I think. Uh, uh, yep. And then the only other one that you were answered as was who would eat at Mo- Mojo King most often, and you put yourself down for that as well. Do you like fast food? Um, maybe not as much as some people, but but yeah, it, it's nice from time to time. Yeah, there's a sort of like a guilty pleasure element to it for sure yeah (laughs) Uh, so so those were the actual answers and then everyone was asked to say well who do you think was answered the most times and you get a point for each time that person was actually given as an answer Uh, so this uh, there there were three I guess I would say tiers to, to the scoring in this one which was Jasmine finishing in last with 23 points was her own tier 
Then there was the middle tier, which was you, LaForza, and Chocoplex. You got 33, LaForza 35, Chocoplex 36. And then there was the top tier, which was everyone else. Karstway had 43, Ari had 44, Cat had 45, and Angel Cake uh, took this one with 49 points, ultimately. Um, I mean, this is, Chudgy Subjects is a pretty familiar challenge that I think most orgs probably use in some capacity or another. It's been on the show a ton of times, and I think we've done it every single season so far, um, though the mechanics behind it have been slightly different each time. Um, being a reward challenge, and particularly a reward challenge where the reward has no real game impact and that it was like a gift card to like, or Discord Nitro or something like that, um, what, what, if anything, was like the fallout for this from your perspective in, in terms of like what questions you were put as the answer and what questions you weren't put as the answer ultimately? Um, so, well, I think first of all, this is like, this is a pretty fun challenge, um, to both like from, from like many perspectives, like both to, to use as a host, to to play as a player and to watch as a spectator. Um, so I, I, I think it's great that it, it's it's always nice to see in an org. Um, in terms of the fallout, I'm not really sure. Like my when I approach this challenge, I'm always never really sure how honest people are being in their answers because obviously for some of these questions you might not want to be. Um, you might not want you you might not want to accidentally reveal any secret shenanigans you might be doing behind people's backs, um, and so it's it's um, it's particularly complicated by the fact that some players might just be answering honestly through all of them, and other players might be like cherry picking answers, and other and there there might be still other players who are just lying through every single question. Um, so I didn't really attach a lot of weight to most of these questions but it was if it, it was fun to see well first of all how often cat and ari's names kept coming up <laughs> and then also i think one challenge and uh, one one question in particular was who would you most like to blindside and then <laughs> for that question i think a lot of us picked actually ari himself also picked ari so um yeah, it was it was a very it was a it was, I think I had a good I got a, like a good laugh out of that one, but yes, it, it it was it was a it was a fun challenge. But I'm not sure, I don't think it affected the game a huge amount. But it was it was very fun to play in. Yeah, it uh, man, some of them, some season. I guess it depends on like the person and and the types of questions and. You're standing within the season uh, when the challenge comes up as far as like how much weight you put behind the stuff and whether you're mentally put together and in a position where you can can see the responses as, you know, what they are, if that makes any sense. Um, and I, I feel like the, the biggest takeaway from this challenge is going to end up being that it kind of starts the downward spiral that LaForza takes. Uh, which comes to a head at final seven. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's a tough, tough one for sure. And a fun challenge. I, I really do enjoy it. And 
it's always a, it's always fun it's always weird to try to balance like well how mean do i want these questions to be how fun do we want these <laughs> questions to be you know like um like i think there was I don't think we ever ended up using this question in Summit, but I think there was at one point the uh, suggestion of a question like, you know, if the other members of your tribe were frozen in ice or like dangling, hanging from a rope or something, like who would you save last? <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh. like terrible, like awful question. Like who? No. Yeah, that, that is not. That. That is quite that. That is quite hard to answer. Um, and like it just it's so mean spirited, and so it's. It's like it's then you got to take questions like that and like rework them into being like, well, who'd you say first? And then you can let everyone speculate that they would be the last person taken. Um, mm -hmm. You get the same effect, but you're you're doing it in a much nicer and palatable way. Right. Yeah. Uh, OK, so Angel Cake wins this. He gets an Amazon gift card or Nitro or something like that. Uh, and then we have immunity challenge number nine scavenger. This is like single player battleship. Everyone hides two totems. You find a totem, you hide it, it's yours. And if at any point there you're the last person left because nobody has any totems, or you have so many totems that you cannot hide them and you could only hide one per space, uh, that person would win. And there were like three or four people left, if I remember correctly. And the way the turn order worked out and you had like you, your last move dug up like six totems or something like that and yeah. it was more than enough to to win uh that the challenge and your first individual immunity that isn't typing a single command <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was that was um that was nice um this was actually a challenge that i remember quite well because i was actually extremely i was extremely I was i was probably this was probably um, before Final Four, or well, I, actually that's not. Well, this was probably the first post-merge challenge that I really wanted to win, because um, I think I'm, I'm, I touched upon this earlier. But if you win too many early merge challenges, then that kind of puts a target on your head because um, you get seen as a challenge threat. But in this particular situation, even though we were still in early to mid-merge, I had gotten two votes. I mean, I didn't really, I, w I wasn't aware of the full extent of how close I had been to getting voted out, but I knew I had gone two votes and I kind of felt nervous. So I kind of wanted to break that trend. And just if I win, win if I get past final eight and the targets move on to somebody else, then I could coast for final seven. And then we would finally get to six and then Sahara Tria would take over. Um, so what I, what I did was I like drew out basically this grid on my own paper. And then every time somebody guessed, um, every time somebody guessed one, um, I don't. I would like mark down where they guessed, um, where they guessed on that sheet of paper, and um, it, like it, it got very complicated. But the the key idea was that you could only guess one space one time. Yes. And um, I felt that where you buried your idols was correlated to where you guessed in the sense that most people probably don't want to guess like right next to their idol if that makes any sense um you wouldn't want to uh, like it, it feels psychologically dangerous if you're <laughs> guessing right next to your own idol mm -hmm. so i noted where each people or where people guessed and 
I tried to guess where, like, I tried to guess far away from what they were guessing. And I think this, like, there might have been a lot of, there, there, there was definitely, like, a luck component in it. But I think the strategy lar- largely worked well for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think I, that's... I, I like I'm looking back on it right now and yeah it was it was I don't I don't even understand what I was <laughs> noting down but I I took like a lot of notes both before and during the challenge it was it was it's a it's a huge mess <laughs> but yeah I, I did try very hard to win this challenge and I'm glad I'm glad it paid off nice well it absolutely did um immunity don't have to worry about seeing your name written down for at least one tribal council uh now at this point, you would have no- <laughs> you would think you only had um, Ari as a target, but the <laughs> for anyone but. who was aware that Jasmine switched her vote, uh, that was an easy split option, which is another part like Ari just played an idol at final nine. Do you remember who or, or how? prevalent the concern was that he could have a second idol i think the concern was very prevalent i think we were actively planning for a split and the way we arrived at jasmine was um if i if my memory serves me correctly it was this was the time when jasmine's jasmine started sending i think jasmine sent me a fake idol yes yes let's talk about that too <laughs> yes that, that was quite a moment because that was where detective cat really put her thinking cap on and started figuring out a lot a lot a lot of things about the game that nobody else knew um yes. so jasmine sends me so one day out of the blue jasmine sends me in dms hey i found an idol um but it's like it's like a weird idol um it's like uh i have to give half of it to somebody else but it can only be played if two if one person has both the has and i believe this was a mechanic that was used on, I want to say, like a recent season of Survivor. Yes, they had a... Um, but I also don't want to, like, give spoilers. Uh, well, I'm trying to think. It was definitely something they've done in the past. I remember the first time they used the Edge of Extinction twist, the people that came back into the game got an idol, except they had to give it to somebody else for the first tribal council they attended, and if they survived, both of those people survived, they would could get it back, something like that. Um, so it's sort of like, it's it's in the same vein. Right, so I, I, I was like aware of this mechanic, and I had heard that it was on the show, so then it felt believable to me when Jasmine gave me the half idol. And I, I, was, like, I was not obviously about to ask her for the other half of the idol, so I I so I simply said, okay, thank you for your trust. Um, here's your half back. It's it's useless in my hands anyways. Um, be sure to make good use of it. So I, I sent it basically back to her. Little did I know, Jasmine had never found an idol, and <laughs> the one she had sent me was basically just half a picture of an idol that she had found. I'm guessing over over the internet, or maybe it was like a previous idol that Ari had played. Yeah, I like think a it copy was the that. first one Ari played. I think. Right, and so um, I was completely in the talk about this, and eventually Kat DMs me saying, hey, like, was there something fishy that happened with Jasmine? And I explained, like, the situation, and she was like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. 
And I was like, okay, well, that's a big statement. Do you have any proof? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so, and basically she said, well, no, but like, I, some, something's not right here. And she was, she was absolutely on point. Um, I think we made, the two of us made your life a little difficult for a bit <laughs> when we started sending each other fake images um, and making you send fake images to from one of us to the other. And I think eventually we both figured out that Jasmine, uh, well, we didn't know that it was for sure a fake idol, but we knew that it could have basically been like any image that Jasmine could have pulled off the internet or wherever. And so that's when I guess her duplicity kind of got exposed. Yes, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm that, looking that was at, a fun afternoon. <laughs> I'm looking at Jasmine's confessional and, and she's like, can you send this to him in his confessional and say, Jasmine has given you half an idol. And I'm like, well, you have to tell him and he has to accept it. And she's like, will you tell him it's fake? And I'm like, I'm just going to send him a half a picture and say, you're giving it to him. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and then like a minute later, I'm like, he wants to give it back to you. And she's like, why? <laughs> yeah. So um, then she had an idol. So <laughs> fake idol. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I just don't think it makes sense for me. Like, if it was a real idol, I don't think it makes sense for me to keep half an idol that I would never be able to use, and also deny someone who was trusting me with that information half of their idol, which they needed to use. Like, I it, it doesn't strategically. It seems like a blunder to me because you're kind of you kind of just ruined that trust relationship that someone is trying to build with you, and you also stole someone's idol. Like, if somebody did that to me. I'd be like, oh God, they're they're trying to vote me out because they're not they they don't want me to have an idol or something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that's just my perspective. Um, yeah, that was well, I mean, that was crazy, and uh, one of the that was one of the moments from from Jasmine's game that I I really made me really wish we had, had gotten to see more from her, and uh, also led to us uh, adding some stuff into the rules about. You can't use fake <laughs> idols unless we give them to you. <laughs> uh, which turned out to be a pretty good good thing to include, I think. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What a what an afternoon. Everyone, all the viewers, I think, were super into that, and they were in the same kind of position as you were, because they had no reason to not think it was a real idol, other than they could also go back to the tribal council and see that it was the same picture as the, the one Ari posted. Um, I mean, it could have been the, like, it could have been, you could have just reused that. Like the idols could have put, got, <laughs> gotten, put back into the game. Right. Like yeah. that's yeah, certainly yeah, fair. There's, there's many possibilities. <laughs> um, okay. So, so you were concerned about another idol uh, that Ari could have had, or Jasmine and Ari could have been sharing between the two of them. Uh, and that's when you decide to have, because Jasmine had been duplicitous because, uh, she had changed her vote at the last vote. Uh, you had a very easy secondary target in a, yet another split. That's right. And this one actually goes as planned. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you even, you know, Jasmine even votes with the majority against Ari and, uh, it ends up, uh, I guess, avoiding a tie, <laughs> which also would have sent her home. But 
uh, yeah, Jasmine voted out two to one to zero. Ari plays his idol, nullifies five votes against him. Jasmine is the third member of the jury. Uh, so now at this point, um, I guess Ari has for two votes now been public enemy number one, I guess. Yep. And uh, continues to be the sort of driving force behind keeping everyone else working together. Yeah. Uh, I had so I have questions here that I got from from Chocoplex for you, and I think. He gave me two questions. One of them, I think, is, is pertinent to this moment in the game, which is, when did the Secret Trio gain control over the game? Because, you know, it, 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 me looking at the, at the scenario, it definitely wasn't at the mer- immediately at the merge vote. There were still a lot of variables and three people out of nine. I don't think you had enough power at that point. But I think at this point, you're down to seven. Ari has played two idols. Everyone wants to get him out. Uh, we know that he doesn't have a third idol, um, though he comes close to getting one. Uh, would you say that you had power, the control of the game before this point? At this point, was it still to come? Where are, do you feel that lands for you? I think... Um... I think uh, if you look at it mathematically, the I would not say that the secret trio had power before before honestly before final five really. That's that's where we really basically made our presence felt. Um, before that, like before that, it was kind of just we wanted the same thing as most other people in the tribe. And so if they, and so say like final six or at final seven, if if Angel or if if Cars and if Ari wanted to do something to change the vote at uh, final seven or at final six, I don't think they could have pulled it off. Um, but like on paper, I'm not really sure if you can say we had power there because we kind of just wanted the same thing that other people wanted. I don't know. It's it's a good question. It, there's not an easy answer. But I would say definitely we, I would definitely say we didn't have power um, until final seven at the earliest. Okay. I think I think I, I mostly agree with that. Um, yeah. I, I. But I think by by final seven, looking at who's left, it's you, Cat, Chocoplex, Angel K, Karstaway, Ari, and Laforza. I think the the dynamics of who's still in the game and the relationships you all have with each other at this point, the Jasmine was really the main, like quote unquote wild card of the merge. As far as that's concerned, everyone else I think was fairly straightforward in what they were trying to do. Uh, and then just varying levels of success as far as whether they were able to actually accomplish their goals. Um, and so I think by once get once you've gotten past the the Jasmine vote, uh, really the only thing that ends up being a, a that really felt felt like it was in your standing in your way was somebody winning immunity at the most inopportune moment. Um, right. Yes. And uh, so let's get to that first inopportune moment. 
So, so yes. seven people left. Uh, tenth immunity challenge is lie to me. This is like I think Fibbage basically and Jackbox. If anyone's familiar, I don't know. Are you familiar with Fibbage? Yeah, I, I I've heard of it before. Okay. Um, yes. So we gave everybody seven questions. They had real actual answers that you could have figured out by searching subchannels. And we had everyone provide a fake answer. And if you then, then were asked to find the correct answer among the group, if you got the correct answer, it was worth two points. If somebody picked your wrong answer, you got one point. And then there was a second round, which was, did not have a right answer. And it was just, there were two blanks, one prompt. And for every person that said that they liked your answer best, you got two points. And if they liked your answer second best, you got one point. And at the end of the day, whoever had the most points together combined would win immunity. Uh, this was not your challenge. <laughs> nope, it was not. Um, you, well, I mean, I guess we haven't really talked about this at this point, but uh, you were absolutely not the, a player to spend the, the game uh, searching subchannels. No, yeah, this was... Um... Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I yeah, the sub sub channels were definitely another weakness of my game in Mojo Desert. Um, I think I had realized at some point that um, many other players were a lot were willing to spend a lot more time than I was in the sub channels, and that kind of it just kind of led to a cycle where like if I wa if I wasn't going to spend as much time as them, then like it's kind of it's kind of like even less worth it than it is uh, for them because the chances that they would find something versus the chance that I would find something, like the disparity in that is. Well, I'm, okay, I'm not expressing this very well, but if you're searching, if you if you like search for longer in a subchannel, you're more obviously more likely to find something. Sure. And so, why would why would I search like um, it's like kind of a little demotivating to. Um, to try to search in a subchannel knowing that other players are much more likely to find something before you do. Yeah. If you're digging for something, you're not going to find something in, in five minutes if somebody else is spending, you know, 10 hours a day doing it. Most likely. Exactly. Exceptions, yes. of course, but the odds are, are very much stacked against you. Um, so uh, yeah, so so this challenge uh, definitely played against you because most of the ways you could get the answers uh, would be by searching subchannels for various things. Um, <laughs> so you are the only person of the seven to get zero answers correct in the first round of this challenge. Ouch. Yeah, not great, uh, but. <laughs> um, you get two points for people picking your incorrect answer in the first round and then in the second round your answer so the prompt was coming soon to Sandy Cinema blank the next great hit from director TJ Canberra complete with deadly stunts high paced action and blank you said the name of the movie was The Scorpion Runner and it includes frighteningly realistic <laughs> CGI and you got a two point favorite answer from Ari for that one. So four points in total were yours, and that was good enough for last place. Chocoplex, but, you know, I 
I kind of snidely say last place, but Chocoplex got eight points, Karstaway 10, Laforza 10, FML Cat 11, which in the grand scheme of things is not that much better than you when you compare them to Angel Cake and Ari, who both got who got 22 and 23 points, respectively. Um, yeah, that's very impressive. Yeah. I think um, probably my the biggest impact I had on this challenge was not how I finished, but how how much I contributed to Ari's point total. Because if I recall correctly, I <laughs> the I I was Ari managed to deceive me for a, a lot of the questions, and I think I also picked his movie. So it was it was I I felt yeah it was like it was like a double blow. Not only that I finished last, but I also helped the person I least wanted to finish first actually finish first. So. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm trying to see right now. You definitely you picked his answer in the second round as your favorite. So there's two points. Um, let's see. You picked one. Uh, at least one answer of his from at least I think two now. I'm trying to like calculate it quickly. Giving Dusty. That was not it. Yep. You gave him a, four, a fifth point here. And then, so you gave him five points in total <laughs> from this challenge. Uh, let's, yeah. let's not talk about that. <laughs> and uh, so it's enough to give him a one-point win over Angel Cake. Ari wins immunity. And uh, as it always seems to happen, as soon as the person runs out of idols, they win immunity. <laughs> it's, it's the game. What can I say? Yep. So... Now, what could have happened could have been a, a very would have been uh, you know a very probably straightforward vote. Take out Ari here at seven, and then we get to the nitty gritty at six. Uh, you have to deal with that while Ari gets to add his own vote to the proceedings, which could have been a real thorn in your side. So, yes. So I guess before the whole Laforza falling on his own sword thing sort of comes into manifests itself like what what was the plan if there was one um so we had to get to four somehow because it was final seven and Sahara Tree was three so we needed to pull in one and I don't think like my thought process the process at the time was I'm not sure if well okay Ari is probably not an option um, first of all uh and cars and angel i like i suspected those two were a pair so i wasn't sure if i wasn't sure how i could bring the two of them in without letting them know that without really letting them know about the secret trio um and then so then my i thought my best option would actually be to pull in forza and then try to blindside either angel cake or carstone Okay. And so that was sort of what I that was sort of my angle at that vote. Um but it proved to be not not necessary, which is very fortunate. Well, I guess let's I, I wanna kinda prod at that a little bit. So you hope your so your initial plan, pull in Laforza, try to take out one of Angel Cake or Karstway, um, is kind of upended when he says, you know what? I'm want you all to vote me out pretty much. Yeah. Yes. So what now you said that this is, this was fortunate, but 
I guess, you know, obviously, you know, playing Monday morning quarterback isn't the same as being in there and making the decision on the fly, but it fails. It feels like this actually is a net bad thing in, in the grand scheme of things. If you could have known any details about what was going to happen down the line. Um, do you feel like that's possible? So, are you, uh, I guess. Uh, so, so I guess I'm, my, I'm sorry. I might have not really understood the question. <laughs> no, that's my, my mistake. So I guess, I, I guess if you're if we're balancing the the notion of either at final seven everyone votes out Laforza, or at final seven you work with him and vote out one of Angel Cake or Karstway, and then we see what you know. Let's say doesn't matter which route, Ari is voted out at six, so you end up getting to final five with either. The secret trio plus Laforza and one of Karstway or Angel Cake, or the secret trio plus Karstway and Angel Cake. And I feel like if you're getting there with Laforza and one of the pair, you're potentially better off than you are otherwise. Oh yeah, I th- I think I think so too. I think um, if we had split up the pair at final seven, then the jury would have had a much easier time accepting the Sahara trio had basically controlled most of the merge. Um, like that would make for a much stronger argument than what essentially happened, which was everybody was on the same page until final five. Mm-hmm. And then really all that's when all the cards came out on the table. And if, if that had happened earlier, I'm sure it would have, it might've, well, it, it might've made a stronger statement with the jury, which would have been very helpful. Right. So, so then my next question is, you know, Laforza comes to everybody and says, "Hey, I'm just vote me out here. That's it." Uh, was there any consideration of ignoring that plea? That would have, yeah that that would have been that might have been a very um, prescient strategic move, but it was not. I was not. Um, I, I I don't think I would have been capable of doing that. But I think it would. It, um, Based on that line of questioning, it would have been the smart move if we could have somehow flipped it onto Angel Cake or Karstaway. Um, but I, I, I don't know if I could have pulled it off. I think a better player than myself could have might have been able to pull that off. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's it's. I think, I feel like you know even at the at the moment when I when you know it was all happening, I was like, man, I don't think this is the right move for at least half of the people who are going to make it out the other side of this tribal council. But it's also like we've seen, I've seen this happen on the show, like people basically quote unquote quitting, but actually being voted out in the process. It's just, it's so counterintuitive to not acquiesce and and vote them out because like, if this person doesn't want to be there, like how shitty am I to like, ignore them and keep them here it almost feels like you're torturing them Dep- obviously it's different when you're stuck on an island and it's actually miserable but right um it, it does it it does feel like well you know ha- when you go back to camp and laforza is still in the game despite telling everybody not to vote for him and he yeah. himself trying to vote for himself like i don't know how that conversation goes and that would have been incredibly fascinating to see but yeah, I don't know. It's it's it was a tough situation to to have to navigate in the moment. 
Yeah, I think um, if if we cannot convince, I'm I'm just not sure how we get to voting out either how we get to four without Forza in that situation, because we're obviously not getting uh, this, this hard tree is obviously not getting Angel and Cars vote against each other. That that would probably be infeasible. So then we would either have to do some sort of like crazy three two two split vote. <laughs> Or we'd have to <laughs> crazy ab- absolute insanity. Um, or we could. Well, actually, no. That's that's an interesting scenario, right? So maybe Forza votes for himself, and Ari votes for Forza, and then we tell Angel and Carstaway to vote for. Well, we we'd have to convince. We'd have to negotiate one of us to be like the sacrificial lamb and tank those two votes, and then the three of us would vote someone out. Um, that would have been really, really, really smart and really impressive if um, someone had thought of that and pulled it off. But I don't think I was, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't think like that. That thought never even like remotely entered my head. But now in hindsight, I really do think that might have been that might have been like a really powerful move and changed the trajectory of the season. Yeah, that would have been a very, very scary tribal council for a lot of people if one thing goes wrong right yeah a three two vote at final seven when (laughs) yeah that i i I, yeah wow what what a vote that would have been i mean if you're not the sacrificial lamb it's not that awful i guess but (laughs) for everyone else yeah well i think um we'll get to this when we talk about like what might could have happened final four but i would not have minded being the sacrificial lamb for that kind of two two vote like that would have been like I would have been um, willing to take on that risk, um, not only because like I could like brag to the jury about it, like hey, like you know I I was in control at this point, I knew it was gonna happen, and I that like this is how I knew because I offered myself as the lamb, but also just because it's kind of more exciting and like after at the end of the day, this really still is a game, right? And the point is to have fun, mm-hmm. and that kind of like risk is like exciting and fun for me, whether yeah. it pays off or not. Absolutely. Uh, so what actually ends up happening is everyone goes to tribal council. It is very ho-hum, straightforward. Uh, Laforza is voted out 6-0, and he becomes the fourth member of the jury. And now we are down to six people. And once again, uh, the plan is going to be to not let Ari win immunity. <laughs> Hopefully. Yes. yes. Uh, we get a, a reward challenge beforehand. Name that tune. And uh, now I would say that, you know, when I looked the the previous reward challenge, Touchy Subjects, uh, the reward itself, and the same is going to be true here, had no uh, discernible impact on, on the, the season. But in Touchy Subjects, at least, the, the challenge had a way of potentially impacting the players and how they thought about each other and themselves and their position in the game. Name that tune. None of that was really in play. Um, you could remove this challenge from the season, and I think it would not change a single thing. Uh, maybe the only thing it, I don't know, it kind of does is elevates the decision to choose to vote out angel at five instead of Carstaway because he participated in the challenge and did decently in it as opposed to Carstaway who did not participate in it. Um, 
but otherwise, other than that, I think it had a largely negligible impact on the on the season. But I will say, as somebody who had been watching from day one, who could see every confessional, who could see every DM, who read every single thing that happened in the server, this was the challenge where I really first felt any kind of like I don't I don't know connections not right not the right word, but like a real discernible personality from you in the game at least it's the first thing i think of in terms of chronologically speaking where i'm like oh yeah this is this is i like muse now he is fun <laughs> i don't know if that's upset uh, insulting or not but well okay well that brings up a good point because i really think that um the way i played this season which was much closer to just like a strategic game bot than i would have liked mm-hmm. and that I did not bring enough of my personality, well, even just like in this, in like a social sense, when like talking to other players. Um, the funny thing is that I don't actually remember this challenge as, as well as I remember the other <laughs> challenges. I remember it was um, it was a little frustrating to me because um, I like music, I like listening to music, but a lot of these songs were songs that I just had no idea what they were. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I like reading back, like I was just, you know, getting BS answers and um, memeing with a lot of these, um, with yes. these, yeah, very, very obviously incorrect answers. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're keeping a running tally of how many points you think you have as the challenge goes on. Um, earlier, early on in it, you say, sorry for being so chatty. This is how I'm trying to keep my sanity after flopping the last X challenges in a row. And um, and then like this is this is where it turned for me, where you say this one is a bop, but also a flop from Muse, <laughs> and I don't know why, but I love that so much. And like I don't know, like like you kind of said, like you're you had been very game body uh, up until this point, and I would even say after this point, in in terms of the game itself and your interactions with the other players, uh, up until perhaps Final Tribal, but just within this challenge, like just you airing out like your stream of conscious thoughts as this challenge was going on. And it's the perfect challenge to do that because I I'm, I'm like you, I really like the music. I really like music too, but I generally do very, very poorly when the music is like covered or, or eight bit or whatever. Like I've done this with GD before and it, I, I don't feel like I'm very good at it. And so you were struggling I could sympathize. I could empathize with your your situation. Um, like, forgot the exact song name. Superstition. Superstition. God, how do you spell? <laughs> Please let that one be right. Um, oh, Oasis. It's Wonderwall from Oasis, right? Okay, at least half a point on that one. Optimistically speaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I I thought it was a lot of fun and it 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 humanized you in a way that I don't think you had humanized yourself to most of the people watching at that point yeah it was i i'm I'm glad it had that effect um it was kind of i guess like unintentional in the sense that um i wasn't really going for that you know that that kind of vibe but i guess what happened was like i knew like this wasn't going to impact the game and so this was really where i could like there was really nothing to be gained from game botting this challenge so to speak (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so I could just sort of, sort of like let myself go and I guess let that other side of me come out a lot more 
than it has for like the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I guess this is, um, I guess, I guess this was the, 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 the moment where I, as you said, I guess where, where I humanized myself. Yeah. I, I really liked it. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's the kind of, in, in lieu of having like a, a, a loved one's experience on discord in the same vein as the show can do, you know, it's, it's tough to humanize some of the people who play because, you know, if they want to be a game bot, well, we can't really stop them from being a game bot and we can't do a lot to encourage them to be anything but a game bot at the end of the day. And so uh, getting the, getting any moment of, of humanity, of, of just, of just real emotion, of just real person doing a real thing. Like, you know, if, if you're not going to talk to somebody in your DMS about, I don't know, like getting your car repaired and, and, you know, the hassle that that was and how frustrated it made you, you know, and not that, not that I'm saying, I think everybody needs to do stuff like that, but you know, if someone doesn't do anything at all like that throughout the whole season and you know, it just, there's just a, there's always going to be some gap in terms of how we see them. And, you know, there's always going to be like this facade that we never get to see behind. And this felt like the first time we really got to see what was behind the muse facade that you had had in place for the previous, however many days it had been like 30 days at this almost, um, which was really great to finally get to see more of who you were. And, and um, yeah, it was just really, really nice to get that. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad there was like I had the opportunity I guess to show that side of myself, particularly particularly since um, in in this in this particular season and and with this particular situation, sort of the gap between like the the sides or the parts of my personality that the viewers can't see versus what the viewers do see was greater because I didn't use any confessionals. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, just the fact that the viewers mostly knew everyone except you who was still in the game. Like they had seen them or talked to them in some capacity prior to this and no one knew who you were. So there was an even greater gap between every, the viewers and you from, from that perspective as well. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's good that... Um... Yeah, I, I guess I'm I, I'm glad this this uh, I had the chance to participate in this challenge. Me too. I, I'm glad too. Uh, so now surrounding this challenge, uh, far more important to the game than this challenge was, uh, Ari had discovered a clue on one of the updated radio broadcasts and used it to find a tangible clue that told him a command. He couldn't figure out the command exactly. And so he ends up telling Cat that about the clue command he found. And then like a couple minutes after the challenge ends, Cat goes and finds a hidden immunity idol. <laughs> Snaking it right under right out from Ari's grasp. Right under Detective Cat strikes again. <laughs> uh, so now at this point she still has her extra vote, which expires at final six, and now she has an idol. Um, 
were you aware of either of those things at this point? I think, I guess I'm guessing the like extra vote, I think comes out in the next day or so in preparation for this tribal council. And the same thing is true for final five with the idol question mark. Yes. I think Kat told me about the Kat basically was very, was uh, like very, very shrewdly just with withheld all information from us that we didn't need to know. And this is, um, well, so first of all, this is smart for her in the sense that um, she has like those aces up her sleeve, and it's also just as 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 smart as it is. It is just as equally dangerous because I think it takes like a lot of finesse to pull that off in an alliance that is um, as many alliances are built upon a mutual trust. And so, if one person is withholding information from the other members of the alliance, then that kind of just destroys that. Um, bond of mutual trust, but um, I, I think that just the way she played around that was just very intelligent um, from just like a social point of view, where she managed to keep us loyal to her despite the fact that she was, um, well, I, she she wasn't being like disloyal to us, but she was her actions could have easily been interpreted as being such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, it kind of like. You think about if if Angel Cake or Carstaway had found anything, I, I you know the other person would have known before they had it that like they were going to get it. Basically, is how close the two of them were, and you know not that you and Cat and Chocolates weren't close, you were, but I don't think you were that close. Um, it was you know uh, an alliance that started out as one of more convenience than anything else. And then as the game progressed, became more and more powerful and easy to see as, as you know, we can be the final three. What's to stop us at, right. at a certain point? Um, yeah. Uh, so, so Kat now has an idol. Kat has an extra vote. There are six people left in the game. Ari does not have an idol, thankfully. And so the only thing standing between him and elimination is the th- next immunity challenge, which is Pictionary. Um, so this one, everyone was given two sets of two prompts, and you had to pick one prompt from each set, and you drew two pictures, and then everybody tried to guess what each thing was. You got a point for each thing you got right, and you got a point for each thing uh, that you drew that other people guessed correctly. And you, if I can find it here, drew, what did you draw? I believe it was a helicopter and a radio. That is absolutely correct. Um, Everyone got your helicopter and everyone got your radio correct. Um, Nice. I'm trying to find the pictures here. Oh, yeah. Your radio was, both of your pictures were very good, very clear and easy to understand from my untrained eye at least Um, (laughs) thank you i think yeah a lot of the pictures were very good which made the challenge i think a lot of people did very well in this challenge yes so there were six of you two pictures each so 12 pictures eight of those 12 pictures got everyone guessed it perfectly um so the margins were very slim the big margin uh because so eight of them everyone got correct then one of them nobody got correct, which was Cat's broken television. Um, you, uh, you and Chocoplex both said television or TV. 
Uh, Angel Cake and Karstubo said static. None of you got a point for it. Then, so the the main dis difference uh, that causes you to end up with 18 points and Angel Cake to end up with 19 points is Jury, which was a drawing from Karstway. And so Angel Cake said Jury, got the point, and you said Audience and will be resigned to the silver medal. Yes. Unfortunate that um, I did not win. Well done to Angel Cake for getting that and um, winning that challenge. I think, yeah, I, I think it was, it, it was, it was. The, I think the most important result of that challenge um, was that Ari did not win. Yes. Right. Anybody but Ari. <laughs> but, but yes, I think um, the maybe like a secondary effect of Angel Cake winning is that it made him seem more of a target at Final Five, mm -hmm. and that that is something that definitely comes into play more. Yes, um, absolutely. And, yeah, so it, it was a it was it was a good challenge, but it also I think made me aware that Angel Cake was also potentially another challenge threat after Ari, and that really sort of uh, made him appear on my radar much more than Castaway did. Yes, uh, Angel Cake 19, you at 18, Ari, Castaway, Chunkflex all tied with 17, Cat had 13. Um, so with Ari vulnerable, uh, this makes it a pretty straightforward vote. And, uh, even though Kat had not, I assume, told you or Chuckaflex that she had the idol, uh, her knowing that meant that she was pretty confident, probably, that Ari did not have a third one. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. it worked but, out well. Yeah, I, I, I'm, assu I'm assuming that... There was no further complication beyond it's Ari. It's Ari. Okay, Ari. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this is probably the easiest tribal of the entire, maybe maybe the entire season for me because I also knew that Cat had an extra vote, so mm -hmm. like the results were pretty much predetermined um, before we went in. Yes. Uh, which. It, you know, and and as easy as it it seems, it ends up being slightly slightly interesting when we come out the other side because there were five votes on Ari, but there were two votes on you. Oh yes, because uh, Ari uh, and Karstaway both put your name down. So. I mean, now we're going to, you know, we're coming down to final five after this vote. So the three to two um, dynamic of the game is going to be pretty apparent at that point. But uh, it's, I, Angel Cake, I forget what he said about this. And I mean, he might've been talking about final five now that I, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't remember why Karstaway chose to vote for you here i don't feel like i don't remember her being like sympathetic to to ari or wanting to not vote ari out necessarily um i believe it was um trying to stir up chaos was it i think uh i don't know my memory not, might not be serving me right here but i think like her logic was that Ari's going home anyways but um like she might she might even have suspected 
that the Sahara Trio was a thing and wanted to try to like split us up and pit us against each other. But I, I, I have no clue. Yeah. Was it concerning to see a second Muse vote show up here? I think I was more intrigued than concerned because okay. at this point it was like, okay, like I'm pretty confident that we can take over the game because even if one of them wins immunity at final five, we can just vote out the other one. Um, and so I, I felt, I, I felt good no matter what the results of this travel were going to be. And so when I, when I saw that someone had voted, written my name down, um, if Carsway had wanted me, if, or if, if Carsway wanted to try to pit us against each other, I don't, I'm not sure how well that worked because I did, I never really thought that Cat or Trocoplex had written down my name. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't think it was, I just didn't think it was something they would do. Um, because if they were going to blindside me, why would they, why would they, you know, make their intentions known like that when it would just, yeah, it, it just, it, it, it didn't make sense for them to turn against me at this vote precisely. Um, so I, I, I thought it had come from either Angel or Carsaway, and I thought, like, there was, like, two possibilities. Maybe, like, one of them, like, maybe they weren't as united as, as I thought they were, or maybe they had, like, realized that um, they were in trouble because of the Sahara Trio. Um, so I was, like, interested and um, kind of surprised by the vote, but not necessarily in, like, a panicky way. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so Ari's voted out 5-2 to two here. He joins the jury. And now, coming into this final five, three, uh, you're three from Sahara, still in the game, and finally in a position where you have all the numbers, regardless of extra votes or, you know, what have you. You really, I guess, is your thought process here that the only thing standing between you and a guaranteed re, uh, chance at the end uh, is whichever one of the two makes it to Final Four winning that immunity challenge? Right, yes. And so at this point... Um, this was also because um, I don't want to like keep bringing this up, but <laughs> my my decisions in this game were very much guided by like the only experience I've had, um, or like only like related experience I've had like in this format, which is speeds. And so like you know the the quote unquote playbook for for this kind of situation is that you want to um once you once you are like sure that you can take your lines to the end the way that you can separate yourself from your alliance members is by winning like a lot of immunity challenges mm-hmm. and then if you do that and make it to sort of the final tribal you can present the argument to the jury that um you were the really the one in control because you had won immunity and so even if your alliance members had wanted to betray you they couldn't have done that because of your immunity streak and so like my at at that point like after final 6 or even actually at final 6 i kind of just wanted to try to win as many immunity challenges as possible um and so that was kind of my like it it goes nicely with this idea of like not letting um Carsway or angel cake win another immunity challenge so that they could somehow prevent the three of us from getting to um the final tribal yeah uh you're 
kind of do pretty well at that. Um, so, so final five immunity challenge is word square. Uh, everyone gets a five, five, five grid. You each take turns picking a letter. Each person has to put that letter in their square. They can put it in any space they want. And, uh, you have to make as many five letter words as you possibly can. Where's the most wins. And, uh, this was a really good challenge for you as it turns out. Yes. I think this was another challenge where I thought a lot about like very similar to the, um, the, the idol digging challenge, the, the single player battleship challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, where like I, I saw the challenge. I had time beforehand to think about like some strategies. And then I also like took notes throughout the challenge. Um, and my strategy going in with this challenge that I think you can kind of see based on my final grid is that um, there are certain words that are sort of palindromes in the way that if you read them forwards or backwards, they're the same word. Mm -hmm. And so with that, those words are basically worth double the points as any other word. And I came to realize that with five players each contributing their own letters, um, it would be very hard to sort of get like a lot of different words across the board. And so if you could sort of like get two points out of each word you created instead of just one point, then like that's a huge sort of efficiency increase for every letter that you chose. Yes. Um, so then, so then the question basically simplified to maximizing how many of these palindromes I could find because each one of them was guaranteed to be a double word. Um, and then the next realization came that if I have like a lot of, there are like a lot of words that begin and end with S like I think I pick like stats and like yep. shaws, right? Mm -hmm. And and all of those words are palindromes. And so I just tried. I had like a list of those words that I wanted to aim for, and then I picked as many letters as I could to try to fit that game plan. Yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at your grid. You had five palindromes, and you know it's so great because there were four S's provided during this challenge. All of your S's are in the corners perfectly positioned uh you have stats across the top shahs on the left hand side sears s-e-r-e-s -E on the right side scenes s-e-n-e-s -E -E on the bottom and then diagonal you have stats uh now i say those out loud and the only one that i the only two that i would have known as words <laughs> were stats and shahs um and i remember it, not even just yours, but like looking at all five grids that we were monitoring, we were like, all right, let's Scrabble dictionary this stuff up. Like, what, are any of these things real words that we aren't aware of that count that we wouldn't recognize? Um, so on and so forth. And uh, that ends up, I, I think, I think we ended up telling you eight points originally, and then, uh, which also would have been enough to win. And then it's like, wait a second, I think that is a word. And we, we looked it up and like, oh, yeah, so you have 10 and so on and so forth. But, yeah, you you really gamed the hell out of this challenge and it paid off. And you are going to win individual immunity here again. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was it was nice to see that pay off. There were like there was like a minor hiccup where I thought eighth was a word. E-I-G-T-H. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite. I, I love it. I was it. very confused and I was not credited with that word. <laughs> and then I, that was, that was a one, a, a real facepalm moment right there. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was great. I love, I loved that too. 
Um, but yeah, you're going to get 10 points. Angel Cake, 7. Chaco and Cat, 6. Karstaway, 5. Uh, which I I think we tested this challenge once in production. I think we did it with a 4x4 four four grid, though. And, um, well, it's a smaller grid. So, you know, your, your, your potential is smaller, but we got like, I think the, the best score was like a four or five point grid. Uh, so I was not expecting anyone to get 10 points here. Uh, I was pretty surprised, but the, the strategy worked out, the letters you picked and the letters that everyone else picked, uh, were, were solid enough to, to fit into your plan. And, uh, that's all that, that's all she wrote. Yeah good stuff yeah uh so here you are final five you are immune and you have two targets uh between angel cake and Karstway. cat has a hidden immunity idol that she is going to play at this tribal council and as we've kind of been talking about um angel cake has established himself as the as you know statistically far better more and more of a challenge threat than Karstway to this point and so I don't know. Is there any anything more to the conversation than simply challenge threat at this point? I think there was. I I think unfortunately that was pretty much all that we considered when we took this vote. Um, and this is really I think where my like not just the jury perception of me, but my perception of the jury's perception, if that makes sense, was like yeah. the the flaws in like though that line of thought was really started to hurt my game at this point too because i didn't imagine Karstaway as a jury threat and this was a fatal mistake yeah i i'm curious if if roles had been reversed Karstaway is voted out here we still have the the choco evac evacuation at four does angel cake receive all of the goodwill that Karstaway received from the jury and i think he'd get a lot but i don't know if he'd quite he'd get anywhere close to as much credit as she did necessarily but he also had challenge wins that she didn't have so I, yeah i don't know if it ends up balancing out or opening the door a little bit wider for you and cat yeah i think i think um well i don't know what cat thought about how like Karsway as a potential jury threat um but i think i should definitely have been well i couldn't have been more savvy to this because i didn't talk to the jury <laughs> um right which is like a, a horrible a, a horrible mistake to make um so like i was not in a position where this was something that i could have like realistically um discovered but that was that was sort of like a consequence of my basically flawed social game from almost just the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah, that's it's not not helpful exactly. Uh, so yeah, lesson learned, I guess. Right. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Um, so yeah, so the three of you are gonna show up and target Angel Cake. Uh, on their side, there was a little bit of, they were originally planning to vote for Cat, and I think right at the last second, Angel Cake had, I don't know if like he found out or he had the suspicion that 
Cat uh, had an idol. Uh, I forget exactly what led him to that suspicion, but um, he tried. I think he tried to tell Karstway to switch to vote for Chocoplex, but the communication did not get through to her, and so they ended up splitting their votes between Cat and Chocoplex. So the result is three one zero, uh, with Angel Kate going home. And now the other part of this tribal council that was kind of a thing <laughs> is that up until this point, all these post-merge tribal councils have been fairly, I don't know, bland, I guess is a reasonable way to say it. Like everyone is giving the like, oh, we're all a team. We just, you know, we're going, we're following the plan. We're, we're following the plan. And no one's really taking a step out to you know, own a thing or, or make a claim or anything like that, because you have three straight votes where people are just trying to vote out Ari. You have Laforza just, you know, throwing himself on his own sword. And then finally the Ari vote where he actually goes home. And so here's the first vote where we really get a chance to see the whole Karst Angel Cake, Choco Cat, Muse dynamic rear its head. And, I knew that. And so when like half an hour went by and no one was really acknowledging it, I kept pushing and I was determined to keep this tribal council going until somebody said something, uh, which finally got Angel Cake to like, you know, do a thing. Right. <laughs> and like kind of get him to at least like acknowledge and, and confront the reality of the situation. Um, and and put something out there into the conversation and into the middle of everybody that uh, that the jury could could see and um, I don't know evaluate as they as they chose, uh, which ended up making this tribal council like almost an hour and a half long, which is is a lot, um, far too long I think than it really needed to be given what was going to happen, but um, yeah it was like. And, and and even as I'm saying it now, I'm like, well, I shouldn't be that proactive, I get necessarily, but it, it's been like after like five tribal councils in a row where it's been like pulling teeth, getting anybody to answer my questions. Yeah, I, I think I had finally like reached my my limit. And this is where it kind of reared its head. Um, I think I think the questions you asked were great. I think um like you say how, you know, in the actual show, Jeff is not supposed to be your, Jeff is not your friend and being able to sort of evade his probing questions is important. But I think this was an example where if we, if, if particularly if I had, let's say, like taken the bit and sort of just gone in and said to Angel and Carsaway saying, hey, like Kat, Choco and I are voting together against the two of you. We're voting one of you. But um, does, does either one of you want to make a case for why we should keep you? <laughs> I think that that was maybe like a missed opportunity where we could have really just like the Sahara trio as a group could have just really reinforced to the jury that, yes, we are in control. We have been in control like this. This is our game. And you're finally seeing what we've been hiding from you for so long. Mm -hmm. And that was maybe maybe like the last opportunity we had before Final Tribal to really show that we had been controlling the game. And 
Um, I don't, I don't, I think maybe it wouldn't, I don't, I'm not sure if it would have worked because those, uh, Angel and Cars were, after all, like, we, they, they've been close for the majority of the game. I don't know if they would, I think the chances that they would turn on each other at like a tribe like that are probably quite low. But I think at least it would have been at least like a show of force to the jury that we, um, it, it would have helped us a lot at Final Tribal Council. Yeah, uh, perhaps. I, I mean, especially you in, in the position where you have immunity, right? Like, this is a chance for you to say stuff, and at least at this vote, it can't come back to bite you. And depending on, you know, the next day or two, you'd have time to manage any fallout if it did adversely impact, like, Cat and Chocoplex, the way you said something or how you presented yourself uh in you know if i guess in in a circumstance where you know if you're starting to like uh exaggerate the amount of credit that or 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 present yourself in a position that isn't entirely accurate to how much power you really have um and they want to do something about it like you still have a day you still have another challenge you could win you still have time and and to to manage that which I, I don't even think that that's really what would have happened anyway. But um, I think I always hear people say that, you know, the time to be overconfident is when you have, have immunity around your neck at tribal council. And uh, I think that would have done you some something at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it, it would have, I mean, it's easy to say now that, um, yeah. you know, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think it probably would have been better to say something rather than basically keep silent, which is what I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, again, yeah. Easy to say now when we have all the evidence in front of us, um, somewhat different when you're, you're back there and it's all still so fresh and it's all still so uncertain as much as you want it to be straightforward. Right. Yes. Um, well, uh, everything up to this point has gone at least to plan. You are now down to four people. All you have to do is avoid Karstway winning individual immunity. And, um, you can at least guarantee yourself, uh, to be a finalist. Uh, if that is the path you choose to take, but now, and and you know, I in talking with with Chocoplex, I believe it was Sunday, the a week before Final Tribal occurred, when um, things really took a turn for him in, in and his health. Uh, and so I don't know if you remember as uh, someone in in your conversations with him uh, when that if at all that impacted, you know, the, your conversations with him in that time? Um, it did. It, it definitely felt like um, Chocoplex got a little quieter as the game progressed in DMs. Um, I wasn't sure if, like, he... Like, I wasn't really aware of the situation um, until basically, like, Final 5, Final 4. Um, but it... Yeah, I, I kind of I thought like he might have had something, like in real life or something that was just keeping him occupied, um, and I, I didn't really think too much of it 
until um, I was told like the entire situation. And then I realized, oh, that must have been that must have been what was going on this entire time. Yeah, uh, I think I forget when his wife messaged us for the first time in his confessional. Uh, but it was um, it, it was a, it was really sad. Uh, uh, yeah, she messaged us on May 29th for the first time. That was Friday, so that would have been the day we ran the last immunity challenge. Uh, so we planned to run the challenge. Uh, we'd set up the time. We had given us uh, given ourselves. Thursday and Friday to find a time for everyone to do it because we needed everyone online at the same time. And then, you know, Chocoplex not being able to do it kind of threw a wrench in that. But so we weren't sure the extent of what was going on with him and how, how much it would impact his ability to uh, continue. Um, but we knew we wouldn't be able to do the challenge. So decided to only do the challenge with three people. So you, Cat, Karstway, which... You know, knowing that Chocoplex was not going to be part of the challenge, that's one less person that can beat Karstaway, uh, which is an, in itself uh, a consideration. Right, and, yeah. It definitely upped the stakes a little bit. Yeah. And so this final challenge, Simotion, is uh, in the show, it's basically a thing where it's a simple task that gets more and more difficult the longer you do it. And that's what we've tried to kind of uh, replicate when we, we create various, uh, variations of it in discord. In this instance, uh, we created and crafted the narrative that King Yulbren was a very gifted juggler. And so, uh, you would be juggling every two to four minutes, depending on the response the bot gave you. And you would start with three balls, three channels. And then as time would go on we would add a fourth fifth sixth seventh and so on down the line channel until you couldn't keep up and uh, we had a couple of bot issues uh particularly with Karstway on this one but uh, i think we were able to keep it up to speed with with uh, keeping everything above board here uh so 31 minutes into the challenge cat is eliminated and then it's just you and Karstway. I believe we we did get our, all the way up to seven balls in the air for the two of you. Yes. And then 43 minutes in, uh, Karstway falls, and you win final individual immunity. Yeah, feels good. Yeah. You can do, well, whatever you want, really. <laughs> right, yes. Um, so, okay, so... It, absent of, of what's ultimately going to affect this tribal council with Chocoplex, what what are you what are your first thoughts? What are you what are you planning to do? I've heard the plan a couple of times. Um, talk me through it and how how you wanted to do things here. So my thoughts at the time was that um, that the obvious thing for me to do, um, and perhaps what I should do, is just takes a hard trio to the end. And vote out Karstaway, right? This is what I've been um, sort of. This is the the logical conclusion of the plan I've initiated or that I have tried to follow since merge, um, and even to some extent, like after the emoji challenge, um, that that was the whole idea. 
Um, but then the more I thought about it, the more I felt that um, that if if that had happened, then Cat, if if I had taken Sahar Shri to final three, then Cat would be in a stronger position to win jury votes than I would. Um, and this was largely because Cat, um, I felt that Cat had just been, you know, her social game was just a lot stronger than mine, and if it came down to like my immunity wins versus her social game, I didn't think I was, you know, well situated to win that, to win that battle. And so then I thought about how I could, is there anything I could do to either, you know, prevent like vote cat out if that was possible, or if I could um, perhaps weaken her game somehow with something that I could do at this next tribal council. And I sort of came to the conclusion that um, I didn't think I could win in any situation where Cat is also at Final Tribal Council. So, so then the logical conclusion was that I had to. So I had um, like if I wanted to win this game, then I couldn't let Cat get to Final Tribal Council. Um, yeah. So then, at that point. Uh, the question is how that how 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 can I do that, um, and I felt that I was you know in in the position to do that because I had the immunity necklace, and so then I I could have tried to make a move and the move I had in mind was to give the immunity necklace to Karstaway, and then vote with Karstaway against Cat, um, and that was sort of like the general con- the general contour of the plan and if say. Cat and Chocoplex had voted for me, then I would have been willing to go up against Cat in like a fire making challenge. And should I, if I had like won that challenge, that would have also, you know, boosted my resume with the jury. Mm-hmm. So then that was like a risk that, you know, I was willing to take um, to sort of, I guess, increase my chances to win the game. Um, but then there's also the question of like the execution of the plan, like whether how much I should tell Karstaway. And I came to the conclusion that, um, well, I, I think I, I, I said that, you know, I very mistakenly did not think Karstaway was a jury threat. But I also wanted to make sure that um, this move wouldn't really, like, this move would be attributed to me and not to Karstaway. Um, because I didn't want to say, like, accidentally, you know, <laughs> credit Karstaway with a big move at Final Four mm-hmm. and then um, cause that to give her, give her, give, give her the win. Um, that would just be, it, it would truly be, you know, like I, after you burn your bridges and then you still get nothing for it, that would just be, it would just be a, a horrible outcome for me. And so the way I tried to do this was, um, I think I was not completely successful, but what I tried to do is I tried to blindside Karstaway a little bit by dropping hints about making work, maybe like working together, but not telling her anything about what I plan to do with my immunity necklace. But I think she figured it out because, you know, she is much smarter than I gave her credit for. And um, I think she was, I don't know if she expected to get the necklace, but I think she was, she, based on what she said at that tribal council, it seemed like she was expecting me to do something unexpected. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think probably, um, I probably just should not have, like, if I had actually intended on going through with that plan, I just probably should not have told her anything about the plan. Um, <laughs> except maybe, like, saying that, I don't know if I, 
I don't recall what whether I said this or not, but maybe I should have just hinted that I thought Cat was a jury threat and just like left it at that. And then that would sort of um, hopefully lead to her voting with me against Cat. Obviously, the risk is that the three of them all vote for me and then, you know, I get sent to the jury. That's another yeah. risk. Right. Um, but then as long as Carsaway thought I was like less of a jury threat than Cat, then that that possibility should not transpire. So it, it's, it was a lot of um, maneuvering that ultimately did not matter. And I will say that even if everything had gone to plan, right, if I give the necklace to Carsaway, both of us vote against Cat, and then the fire making, um, and then I win the fire making, I don't know if, I think that probably would have hurt me more than it helped, <laughs> like, ironically. Because, what, like, Cars, Cars was already getting that many votes. There was not, there was not, um, I don't feel like that move would have swayed a lot of votes my way. And, and certainly Kat would not be too pleased with me on the jury after, if I had pulled that move on her. And so I think either way, I, I am not sure if I would have gotten any votes. Um, that's tough to In say. The, it's, yeah, it's tough. I think I, I didn't ask anybody, uh, I don't think about that, but I do feel as though the, the gutsiness of the move would have at least, if not given you a vote from somebody somewhere, would have made at least everyone like perk their ears up a little bit more to listen to what you were saying and, and pay more attention to you as someone who had been fairly and, and quite largely under the radar most of the game. You know, right. like right in front of them, you're going to give up individual immunity. You're going to go to risk going to fire making because it's not even a sure thing when you do that against that and especially you know having talked to the jurors like them looking at that situation would have seemed absolutely absurd because they all saw Karstaway as the biggest threat and you're willing to go to fire making against cat right you know like that would have been fascinating to hear their perspectives on how that would have gone that would have gone and so you know, and then to win it, you know, obviously matters. Like that's not nothing. And so, I don't know. It, it would have been a really wild uh, ending to this uh, to lead into final tribal council. Um, that I think a lot of the jurors would have been scratching their heads about it. But I do think it would have applied them a little bit toward to 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 expanding the the chance that maybe it's not maybe maybe we should hear these other people out maybe maybe there's more to to muse than than meets the eye there at least than than what we've seen so far and um yeah i don't know yeah hard hard to say (laughs) yeah but a a really fascinating uh alternative reality (laughs) that could have been (laughs) yep um well so now on the other side of things, on the actual reality side of things, uh, Chuck Plex's wife, constant contact with us. Um, I was consistently, and I think she was also the as well, sharing updates with his status in camp as things were progressing. Uh, we were worried. We eventually got to the point where, you know, it's Saturday afternoon, uh, tribal councils that evening. And, right. well, uh, you know, 
on the one hand, I knew, and we all, like, I guess the point here is that no matter what the plan was for this tribal council, it, as far as I could tell, there were zero outcomes where Chancoplex would be voted out. Um, he would make it to the end in every single circumstance. And, yes. But his vote mattered. And I knew that his vote was going to be for Karstaway, but uh, I didn't know that you had any plans to give Karstaway the, the immunity necklace. And if that had happened and we had not evacuated him, I don't know that he would have been able to change his vote uh, in time or that right. we would have been able to get a hold of uh, 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 his wife in time, which would have been its own issue. And I don't know how long we could have waited to not hear back from her before saying, okay, well, there's only three votes now. And, you know, whichever way, I guess it would be Karstaway in that situation, whichever way she votes is the person that would be voted out. Uh, so that right. would have been fascinating as well. Um, but the, the sticking point ended up being if we let him go to tribal council, if he votes for Karstaway, and then if Karstaway is voted out, and then he is unable to be present at final tribal council, that doesn't feel genuine to everyone else who can be. And so, uh, while he may have the capacity to cast a vote, which is all he would actually only need, the only thing he would need to do as a member of the jury, he would have to answer questions and talk about his game uh, if he was on, if he was a finalist. And eventually the decision was made by uh, his wife that, you know, he wasn't going to be able to do that. And so we had to evacuate him, which really, really sucked. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, it, it really is, it's the worst when, uh, to, to make it so far and then something like that, like something like that, that happens that you have very little control over and yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, I think you all knew before tribal council started, um, the jury found out at tribal council, I think the viewers mostly knew heading into that tribal council. And um, so Chocoplex uh, eliminated, uh, medically evacuated. Uh, he was in the hospital. He was being moved um, from one room to the, to the other the, during, on the day that we had final tribal on that Sunday. Um, so it, it did not look great. Uh, it, was, it was unfortunate, uh, the timing, but also scary. And uh, it really... It, it really put a, a stamp on the season that like, okay, whatever, you know, it, it kind of sucked the air out, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Of yeah. whatever momentum there had been building to this final tribal council. And that was only further complicated when uh, we were trying to schedule final tribal council for Sunday, which, right. oh man, was like its own challenge. <laughs> for production yeah. challenge is a maybe a small understatement but yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine so it would have been so tough oh, man so we wanted to i guess we try to find like two or three hours where every juror can sort of be online at some point and hopefully all the finalists can be online for the majority 
and we ended up with someone who lives in Europe, someone who lives on the West Coast, and someone who <laughs> lives on the East Coast, but doesn't come online Ouch. until 3 p.m. Right. Um, so, you know, the perfect storm of terrible, terrible availability. And I... I don't even remember, I, it might have been me that suggested the idea of having you go early and the others go later. Um, you know, I was talking with Kat, trying to see like, okay, well, when can you, like, what's the earliest we can get you to come online if we ask you to do so? Uh, you know, Karstway, like, how late can you go if we need you to go late? Talking to you, like, well, you know, I think you you had, you know, some some such engagements you were involved with at certain points, like, well, if we start here, can we, you know, can you start at the beginning, and then you'll be gone, and then you come back at the end, and then your schedule kept changing, and it kept changing everything else. It was a lot. It was hectic and, and frustrating. <laughs> and so what ends yeah. up happening is you would do, like, an hour or an hour and a half or so with just yourself in the morning, and then at like 2.30 or 3 in the afternoon Eastern, Karstaway and Kat would show up and they would talk to the jury. And then if you could come back while they were still talking, you could rejoin them, um, which in and of itself ha brings its own problems. But right. that, was, that was what was decided. And uh, I think as problematic as it ended up being was at least agreed upon begrudgingly or or enthusiastically by by everybody right. uh, i think i think it was the best of what could have been possible given the circumstances yeah i hope so <laughs> um all right so so let's so i guess uh, so before we really get into final tribal council here like firstly how are you feeling about chocoplex being evacuated um, as far as your game is considered, and then talk me through like what you're preparing to say and, and what you're preparing to, how you're preparing to present yourself to the jury uh, on, on Final Travel Council. So um, this is really, this was really like a unique situation for me because it, it is my first orc. I've played in speeds and I've you know gone to Final Travel Councils in speeds before, but that's really, I think it's nowhere near the same experience because um just because of like you know just the, the length and you kind of in a speed you go immediately you don't have time to think you just say 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 whatever's basically on top of your head and they don't all the jury also doesn't get a ton of time to ask questions so it's kind of just like a quick affair done and done jury votes basically based on what they know about the game um and it's very different here because um for first of all it's like a lot more time the jury can has a lot more time to um, get in depth with their questions, and also we have a lot more time to prepare for it. Um, and so, and and the thing was that I tried obviously to prepare for it, but I don't think I knew what I was really looking for in the sense that um, again it keeps coming back to bite me. But because I didn't talk interact enough, enough with the jury, um, I didn't have good enough of a handle on where they were before heading into this tribal council. And so everything that I kind of prepared was kind of flawed in that sense that I just completely did not expect the jury to be on Karstaway's side. Um, so that was that was kind of like a like you know like the a rude shock. Um, was not expecting that at all. And that kind of just if I had known that I probably would have approached this final tribal much more differently. 
it might be too far out of your mind to to go back to that point but can you think of how you might have adjusted your approach i think so i think i would have tried to hammer home i think i would have like my opening statement as i recall was mostly talking about i was mostly like comparing myself with cat and trying to make the point that you know while it seems like cat might have played better than me um like this is only like an illusion and the way i actually like the way um like the 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 reason why I deserve more votes than Cat was because I sort of enabled the Sahara Alliance more than she did, and so there was like a very unfortunate like there was a very um, complicated and probably overcomplicated argument that I took to get to that point where um, I kind of talked about how Cat was better than me, but then like flipped the t- it was a very long opening statement and. Very ineffective, particularly given that I just did not understand the jury dynamics at all. Um, but what I would have changed was instead of comparing myself to Cat, I would have compared myself a lot more to Karstaway. Um, I would have talked about immunity challenge wins. I would have talked about um, voting with the majority. I would have talked about um, yeah. I, I would have. I guess I, I would have talked about how um, just how we were like. Cat and I and Chocoplex are always playing sort of one level above cars in the sense that we always knew that we would be able to control the game at final six and at final five. And and cars if cars and Angel thought that then they were mistaken. Like that 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 um that line of thinking I think that really contrasts the way cars and I played the game. Um and to like focus that through like the prism of the final five vote. I think that could have been effective, um, but it's it's hard to say because I don't think I could have escaped sort of this perception, this like this jury perception that I was you know not at all a social player that I was I I'd been ignoring them for pretty much the entire game, which is not to be fair to them, not not particularly inaccurate at that. True, yeah. So I ah oh man I I always forget that so. For, for anyone listening, um, we set it up so that the opening statement and the closing statement that the finalists can give is limited to the length of a Discord message. Uh, so, I don't know, it's like like 1,400 characters or something like that. It's, it's very long. You can say a lot, but if you're trying to sum up 39 days, it's not quite enough exactly to do all that. Uh, and so you had asked us if you could make it long if you could do longer and i was like well it's really up to the jury so if they're okay with it then you know whatever and so you asked them if you could and they said sure and then you posted the only like opening statement we've ever had that's longer than a single (laughs) discord (laughs) message so far yes um yeah man it was a it was a book but yeah to your to your point like one of the things you say in the very first part of it is if I'm on the jury right now, I am voting for Cat. That's the end of the story. And if you want to stop reading my speech here and now, I would not be offended in the least. Cat is the deserving winner of this season of Survivor. Uh, and it just, I mean, b- beyond the idea that, you know, I'm sure no juror likes to be told who to vote for, but 
to yes. to come in and to approach them with a viewpoint that is so alien to the ones to one that they have it just and everything was <laughs> off kilter from that start and i don't think you ever managed to recover from that moment right it's almost it's like almost there's almost like a sense of comedy to it like how how <laughs> how far off i was from where the jury was it was almost as if we had we had been playing you know different seasons and then somehow we had arrived at the same tribal council but for different seasons um, but yeah it, it it was it was well to put it nicely it was a train wreck <laughs> so yeah i i think you're right i never really i never really got my footing in that tribal council so okay so you go through this first you know hour or so um where it's just you talking with the jury uh as this as the questions kind of progressed did you did it did you realize that they were leaning toward Karstaway? did you um or and then did you feel like you had any chance at any of their votes did you feel like it was you know you were drawing dead or anything like that I did feel like I was drawing dead because I thought I was going to lose to Cat. Um, but like sort of as um, and like as like my hour like hour and a half progressed, it it I, I I was getting like the confirmation that you know I was not getting votes, but then I was like in denial about the fact that they were leaning towards cars rather than Cat. And like it took me like I think I eventually returned in the af in the afternoon for me. Um, and that's when I realized they were going for cars. Um, but yeah, it took me a really long time to figure it out that they actually didn't like Kat's gameplay as much as I thought her gameplay deserved to be liked. Yeah. Uh, there's so many, so many things that like combine to create this, you know, lack of perception on, on everything that Kat did this season from, everyone that getting getting voted out not knowing about the secret trio to the only member of the secret trio joining the jury not being able to talk about his experience during the game to angel cake the first person who really knows the dynamics between the final five going to the jury and just saying hey you know karstway is doing everything so I, you know or, or basically hearing that everyone thinks karstway's in control and just saying well yeah of course because you know they're allied uh, they're allied um you know it just this perfect conflux of of events that really stacked the deck so high against um anyone that wasn't karst away in the finals and uh it i i don't you know i think there were still opportunities for you and and cat and probably more so cat than you but probably both of you to gain a vote from from the jury but it the the your, for you, the perception <laughs> that was so wrong uh, really just did you no favors. And um, right. I think a couple of the specific questions uh, I've been, at least I, as far as I'm, uh, I've been told, could have been answered differently that could have earned Cat another vote or two. And I mean, at that point, it's a 4-3 and, and that would have been very different as well. So I don't know. I, I think there were chances, but it was it was a really, really steep uphill climb. Yes, I think, yeah, I, I think, um, like, there's um, there's sort of, I guess, this gold standard for a jury member to be open-minded 
<laughs> when they take their seat at tribal council. And I think this is largely a myth. I don't, I don't, um, I think we all have our biases and this is really something that's inescapable. Um, and in, in this particular situation, I, yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you. The, the, the deck was stacked too high. Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, I'm not gonna like let's like not beat around the bush. Like my tribal performance was really, <laughs> really, really bad. Um, but even if I had um, come in like recognizing that the jury, you know, was rooting for cars, I'm I'm just not sure how much I could have done um, to avoid that scenario. Right. It's very um, it's very it's a very weird situation because there like there is one version of reality and it seems as if i have all the evidence that i need to prove the existence of this version of reality <laughs> but then on that on on like on the flip side of the coin it just it seems equally impossible to convince seven other people that their perception of that reality is wrong yes and yeah i think that's i guess that's just one of the <laughs> one of the <laughs> Uh, the parts of the game that I still don't understand as well as I want to, which is just how how do you how how do you manip- how do you control perception and how do you control the framing uh, h- how the jury frames the season because ultimately that's what it comes down to, right? Like people aren't going to well, I've never seen people get into like an, uh, an argument over like you no know, like I like like actual facts in the sense that like who X voted for Y or mm. X was like left in or out of this or that vote um because those are facts those are you know those are generally accepted but then the framing of those facts taking together can produce just vastly vastly differing narratives and the the how this works precisely i'm not really sure um but it seems to have made a big difference in in mojo desert yes i i agree there's there's so many subtleties and nuances to everything and just you know from i don't know i I don't have any examples to like list off but you know you can just looking at it from from the seven perspectives from on the jury you know while they all six of them end up voting for karstway i'm sure those six people didn't view the season identically and they all had slightly different takes on a variety of different things and it would have taken probably six different criteria to cause them to vote for somebody who wasn't Karstaway. maybe not that widely different but it wouldn't it wouldn't have been something as simple as you know hey i actually was the person who told x y and now all of them are going to vote for you like it doesn't happen like that it's you got to right. work on this person and that person and the third person and the fourth person and you have to do it in front of the other six people at the same time. <laughs> and so you can't say something to one person that might ruin your chances with another. It's, it's why it's so difficult to, to, to win um, any of these games. Yeah. I think this is really like a level of communication that I'm just, that like uh, I just have not attained yet. I don't know if I'm just capable of doing <laughs> like a balancing act as precarious as that. So, all right. So you have about a little over two hours you get to spend with the jury, uh, answering all of their questions. 
and um all in all uh you know i i don't think it put you in a worse position than you started out at <laughs> fair uh, fair <laughs> um so that ended around 12 30 three hours later uh we welcome the jury back in cat and Carstaway show up and uh they cat gives her opening statement uh Carstaway gives her opening statement and you know we get the jury talking to them and then uh, we get about 50 minutes into their their question their side of the questioning and that's when you kind of come back into the channel and are around uh, and then you start adding your own uh commentary onto the answers that the others were providing basically um, just ranting yeah <laughs> so yeah I, I don't know like what was there any i don't know how now that you could really see the jury and them interact with Karstway and Kat, and I think much has been said about the the way the jury, how they questioned the three of you and the inherent biases within their questionings, but could were you picking it up easier at this point? What, did you have, at this point, are you still trying to like argue for them to vote for you? Are you just trying to, I don't know, like, uh present like provide context to the things that other people are saying or i don't know third thing um i don't really think like i think by that time i was i was i knew like i had i had accepted that they were voting for cars um as disappointed that as i was in in their decision um yeah i i i don't really know if i had like a I, I, I was just, I guess, um, I was like, a, I, I was definitely a little frustrated that, um, I was a little frustrated that they were, it seemed like they were kind of ignoring everything Kat and I were saying, and they were kind of like asking cars a question and she would answer it, you know, in like a very, uh, like a very, um, smart and subtle way as, as cars does. And then they would basically say, yep, like that's, we agree with your answer. Like here, here's here's your next question, um, which was very different to me at least than like the treatment that Kat and I got from the jury. Um, and I'm not like this is like not um, just to be clear, I'm not like criticizing the jury for this. Like it is, it is part of the game. It is not, you know, it, they they are not like bad jury members because they don't treat finalists equally. I don't think that like jurors should be like held to that standard. I I think it's a very unfair standard particularly given like that we're we're each you know we're, we're we're human beings we have biases um and like i guess like when, when i when i mean i'm like disappointed with the jury's decision to vote for cars it was just more of um i didn't expect it and it was kind of it, it was just like so out of the blue for me it was more of like a surprising kind of disappointment than like a kind of like oh my god like these jurors are dumb or something kind of disappointment i get that I, I understand that. Um, it's it it kind of seems sounds like uh, it's a more of a realization that like the perception or the way you've been viewing the game for 39 days has been completely overturned by the people who actually get to decide the winner, viewing it in a very different way than you are. And right. Also having the presence of mind to know that like, well, 
as true as my perception is, theirs is equally as true. And so it's not like they're doing it incorrectly and, and trying to like balance those two things in, in your head at the same time. Right. Yeah. It, it's part, it's part of the game. What can I say? It's, um, I made a mistake and I paid for it. Uh, so if you, so now let's, let's for sake of, for sake of, uh, playing out the scenario, if you had give, gotten the opportunity to go to fire making against Cat, um, but lost, yes. and now you're on the right. jury, I guess two questions. One, what do you tell the other jurors, uh, particularly once you realize that they are very pro Karstaway? And two, um, I guess absent of being able to ask, ask the three of them, the three finalist questions, uh, do you have an idea who you would have voted for? given the circumstances? I think Kat, probably. Um, or, sorry, I, sorry, I, I answered the questions out of order. <laughs> um, I, w I think I would have voted for Kat because, because well, because I knew that, um, because I, I knew what I did about, like, the Sahara Trio. And I think Kat over Chocoplex because it just felt like Kat was more involved in the game. And... Um, I guess I haven't talked about this enough yet, but I think part of the reason the Sahar Trio was able to be like so successful was largely because Cat Cat was just like very good at that kind of social maneuvering and forming those kind of social connections that I was not able to form. Um, and so in that sense, Cat totally just like carried the alliance all the way until basically final four. Um, and so that's why I would have voted for her. I think. What I tell the other jurors depends on how receptive they are, um, because I'm probably not going to be, you know, the most popular juror on arrival. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to get pushed back on some, if not all, of the things I say. So mm -hmm. I would have had to be pretty careful in, you know, who I said to what. I might have started with Angel Cake and tried to convince him that cars, that like they were not in as much of like a position of power as they thought they were. Um, I think it's, it's, it's doubtful that he would have listened to me because just because of, um, you know, like, like we weren't like, it's not like, like we didn't like, we were like not on speaking terms or anything, but just like, we weren't like particularly close from the season. And there's, I don't really see like, um, I think it wouldn't have been easy for me to like overcome that and try to convince him that his version of reality was like, you know, radically wrong. Um, <laughs> which is, which is never an easy thing. But, um, I think with regards to like convincing the jury to not vote for cars, I'm not sure how many votes I could have swayed. Um, like I think maybe Jasmine's vote, um, maybe Ari's, well, I, I actually, I'm not sure about Ari's vote. I think, I think I, may, I might have been able to sway like one or at most two votes, but it seems like people were pretty dead set on cars, so I don't think the winner would have changed. Okay. Uh, so, all this said, um, Final Tribal wraps up. I go and reveal the votes. Six votes for Karstaway, one vote for Cat. Uh, Karstaway is the winner of Alliance Mojo Desert. Congratulations. Yeah. Well played. Uh, we do some superlatives, and the ones that 
uh, include you were uh, you got seven votes as part of the Mucho Cat Alliance to be favorite alliance within the game. And nice. you were in absolutely one of <laughs> involved in Conkgate. Uh, oh, as, yeah. As when did the game actually start? <laughs> and that was one of the answers. <laughs> um, and of course, part of the emoji challenge, as uh, which was received nine votes as the favorite moment for the season. So, you know, you were there the every step of the way. Um, most of the steps of the way. Most of the steps of the way. Uh, so this brings me to the final question, the other question I had from uh, Chocoplex for you, uh, which also kind of deals with the uh, final, final, finalist, final four vote and, and how that would have gone. But he, he, he asked if, if he had been healthy, um, would you have gone to final three with him? And uh, you've kind of touched on this a, a bit, but I guess I would also add to that, like, did you, if, knowing that you were either going to be voting out Carstaway or Cat or, or fire making against Cat at Final Four if Chocoplex was healthy, was there any concern you had about going to Final Three with him? Um, I. It's hard to say. I I think at that time, I was probably more concerned about both Cat and Carstaway than I was about Chocoplex. Um, I think part of the reason for that is just it felt like um, from my pers per, uh, perspective at least it felt like in terms of the Sahara trio and the like the three the three parts of the game social strategic and you know like physical or like immunities um, and how those how how Sahara trio navigated those three sides of the game to get to final four it felt to me that I had taken most of the immunity wins and Kat had done most of the social work and Kat and I did a lot of the strategic work but um, like from my perspective as someone who had like had a plan who had a strategic plan from Final 10 and like sort of largely executed that plan until Final 4 it felt like I could sort of potentially make it i was in like a better position to convince the jury that i had taken most of the strategic um moves in the game um and so for that reason i didn't really think i wasn't sort of expecting th there was nothing on my mind at that moment in time um that was that could have indicated to me that um chocoplex could have um gotten jury votes where i could have I could not have gotten those jury votes. And so for that reason, I was not as concerned about Chocoplex as Karstaway and Kat. I think, like, with that said, you never know what's going to happen at Final Tribal Council, especially after my experience in Mojo Desert. Um, and so maybe at the time I was not concerned about Chocoplex, but um, that's not, like, a mistake I'm going to make again in the future hopefully <laughs> hopefully yeah uh cool well um i guess now i get to ask you what your question or questions are for cat when i talk to her 
Sure. Um, I think I, I had one question, and it's mostly about... Um, it's not necessarily like a specific part of the game. It's mostly just like the overall trajectory of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's this. So at Final Tribal Council, um, there were when Cat was talking to the jury, a lot of the jury members sort of tried to get her to paint herself as more of a villain when Cat very much wanted to paint herself as like a hero, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like cat basically resisted those calls and said like no like this is what this is how i played like this is like i am i was true to myself in this entire season and this is what i've done um and like like being honest to everybody like these like traits that we normally associate with heroes and so i guess my question is um given the results of the season are there anything any things you would change um, without changing, like because you mentioned you want you wanted you you wanted to play the game as someone who is as well you want to play the game while remaining true to yourself. And so you know, is there anything you could have done to maybe change the results of the season without straying from that ideal, without changing like who you are, or without you know betraying your own ideals? Interesting. I like that question a lot. Thank you. I hope. Yeah, I hope she likes it too. <laughs> yes, I think she will. Uh, looking forward to talking to her uh, in in reaching out to her to do an episode. Um, I <laughs> there's a chance. Well, when I when I recorded with Meg um, for Discordia, it took two separate recording sessions um so the, the wow. same might be true for cat as well <laughs> we will see um uh, well i think that just about covers uh mojo desert i don't know is there anything else that happened in the season that you can remember worth mentioning that we haven't touched on yet man i think i think we've touched on <laughs> basically everything yeah yeah I, I still I don't know why I could not figure out how to send a confessional. <laughs> I don't know what I was on. <laughs> well, so here's my question for you then: is as someone, and we've had a, I feel like we've had people like this every season, um, who get to the end of the season, like it's you this time, it's Link Link in Dark Forest, uh, who regrets not sending more confessionals, you know, so on. It's Spencer in in Summit and so on. Like what? I don't want to be, I don't want to like reach out to you in your confessional and be like, Hey, send more confessionals. Cause the viewers don't know anything about you. Cause that feels like a lot, but I also like, I don't want to overstep if you are intentionally choosing not to send them. So putting yourself back in that like position, like how would you have wanted me to phrase it or present it to you in a way that would have been like, wait, people want to know what I'm thinking or this is how I send confessionals? Okay, cool. Um, I think one thing that would have helped at the beginning of the season is if you, like, sort of pinned the message that's, like, told, like, your first message, message, which told me how to send a confessional. Okay. Um, Because I think that sort of, like, got lost in the confessional. (laughs) And if I, like, check the pins, um, because, like, if, when, when there's a message pinned to the channel and I haven't read the pin, 
then it gets like shown as like a red icon. Mm-hmm. And so chances are sooner or later I would have like clicked the red icon and then <laughs> seen the pin message and then been like, oh, you know, I, I haven't sent <laughs> this is how you send a confession. Then I would have started sending confessionals. Um, I think um, in terms of like mid-season reminders, uh, I'm not I'm not really sure what the best way to go about it. I think um, I don't know. I think um, like you can maybe just start out by just like, like asking like um, just like saying like hey like you haven't been sending a lot of confessionals lately. Like I wanted to like check in and like make sure everything is like all right or something like that. Um, I don't know if that would, I don't know. Like I'm, I, I have never hosted an org. I don't, I'm like very inexperienced in such things. <laughs> um, but I think something like that where it's like maybe like not directly asking for more confessionals, but just sort of kind of like, you know, just being that kind of conversation starter where it's like, um, just like maybe like sort of like plant something to plant the seed that hey like maybe maybe I should be sending more confessionals. Yeah, I I think you know when we were trying to get Spidey and Spencer to send confessionals last season, it was like uh, I think we asked Spidey like, hey, what are what are your thoughts on on the merge or or the swap or or things, and you know he sent a confessional about it and. And then, like, for Spencer, I remember he said something like, so are we supposed to, you know, tell everybody our strategy or, you know, how how detailed are we supposed to get? And I was like, well, you know, it's up to you. Like, if you're concerned about information getting out to the wrong person in the viewer's lounge, like, you know, don't send anything you don't want to send. But I think everyone's trustworthy. And so he never really sent any messages, which is, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, You know, I don't want to try and convince him that, there's no cheating if I can't confirm that there's no cheating. And if I can't enforce that there's no cheating, especially in a season where we had someone trying to cheat. So, right. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah. you know, it, it kind of worked against us in that sense, but um, yeah, I, it's, it's something I, I, it's something I really want to just kind of jump in and be like, Hey, everybody kind of wants to hear more from you. If you could tell them more and find a way to say that that's a little more organic and less production-y, I guess is the, right. the thing, right? Like going against the role that I'm in and or that any of us are in, but I don't know. Um, well, uh, you know, this was a heck of a lot of fun. I have heard that there's a future season of Speed Lions on the horizon. Is that true? Uh, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's say that things are in the works. <laughs> All right. That's that's nice. That's good. Um, I speed Speed Lions is the only speed I'd ever ever watched. Uh, so and I thought you guys did a really good job with it. So I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I think you and and Banjo, Tom Hardy, Bane, whatever his name is, um, did, did a really good job, and I think you have something there. So, well, thank you. Yeah, we 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 appreciate the support. Absolutely, uh, it's it's a nice thing because, man, even if I could do a season like every month, I don't know if I had the the energy 
to do that. Uh, so you uh, you guys doing that and the way Allie handles the HQ and everything that, that kind of crops up tangentially to this stuff that happens during the off season has just been such a such a blessing um on the community it's it's really really nice and i'm i'm thankful for all of it yeah it's great to hear that um this is this is a great community like i'm i'm so glad to be a part of it and anything i can do to help is is just amazing yeah well this was really great i you know of all the people i knew i was going to be talking to this season from this season um i felt like i could at least peg down like how much they were going to want to talk about their season and what they did like i knew ari's episode was going to be so long um <laughs> i knew i i, I kind of figured you know some people's episodes were going to be relatively shorter compared to like where they went and so on like i knew hirsch's was going to be long based even though he went out in in 12th place um, right. But you were the you were one of the people where I wasn't really sure. I could have seen it either way. I could have seen this being a really short episode because you were so quiet. But I could also see this being really long because I knew you had you know you weren't just quiet because you're quiet. You were also quiet because you didn't know how to send a confessional. So <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, this ended up being really long, and uh, it was great. I loved getting to hear your perspective, and I think everyone's going to enjoy it as well. All right. Thank, thank you once again for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, this was great. I hope you have a good, uh, I guess, gosh, it's not even six it's o'clock almost six. yet. Almost yeah. six for you. So I guess you're going to leave here and go to dinner or something, right? Yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> well, enjoy your dinner. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And I'm sure I will see you around. All right. Have, have, have a good weekend. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alliance of Survivor Game podcast. If you'd like to try your hand at Alliance, our applications are always open. You can find more information in the episode notes or by visiting alliancesseasons.com. Keep your eyes peeled for upcoming announcements related to our new season, High Seas. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she Without a trace Nothing's gone forever